If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Podcast where three bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor, and joined by my regular co-host, Mister Mister Ben Errington, and Mister Andy Conduit Turner. Hello, everybody! Welcome back to the world of survival horror. Yeah, we're back <laughs> again. How's it going? We're back. Good yeah, luck. It's good. Just going. Just surviving horrors or no, and it's almost Christmas now, isn't it? December, yeah, yeah. Christmas. Christmas yeah. is within touching distance, sniffing distance. I can definitely smell it. That's Stinks. Christmas to the day. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> what did you have? Stuffing. <laughs> some stuffing. Yeah. That that re- that repeats on you. You know. <laughs> that really does. Yeah. Are you guys doing any Christmas horror related stuff? Christmas horror movie marathons or anything like that? A good question. Well, I think I saw a list on Letterboxd the other day, which was supposedly the definitive Christmas horror list. I'll have to find it, but we'll let um, Andy, I'm sure he's about to jump in and say he's going to watch Jack Frost. Naturally. Yeah, Jack Frost is going to be on, of course. I haven't got to it yet, but I've done a couple of different Christmas horror associated movies so far already. I intend to work through a few more. Instead of a oh, you've done. Fire, he just has... Jack Frost on repeat. Just Jack Frost all the way, all, all the way through. By the glow of the TV. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's 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 the thing, though, isn't it? Because you know you'll get into the endless debate as to whether people will debate about Die Hard being a Christmas movie all day long. Karen, uh, I'm. Just, are, are you about Gremlins? Yeah, just it's just a movie. Watch watch it whenever sure, you want. Um, Jack Frost yeah. is an action movie. But Jack Frost is 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 a is a movie for all seasons, but it's great at Christmas. Kung Fu movie, I think. Uh, the, the discourse around Die Hard is like, it's run its course now. It's been, how many I, years is it? I thought, it, like, the first time I heard it, I, I smiled. And then I was like, I'm done with that. 
Yeah, I'm never need to say that again. It's because people are saying it's a Christmas movie. They're like, I'm so edgy and different to Don't I Crazy. I think it's yeah. a Christmas movie. Now everyone does. So let's just move on with our lives. Some of those Come things. Yeah. Um, you know, this is why I host the podcast as well. Like, you know, don't care what other people think. So um, watch it whenever you like, guys. Yeah. Watch it, enjoy it. <laughs> Iron Man, Iron Man Free takes place at Christmas. If you, if you, then that's going to be a a Winter regular Soldier. Christmas watch for you. That's a Christmas movie. <laughs> the Winter Soldier. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any any character with a beard automatically makes you Christmas food. <laughs> yeah. Anything that Noel Edmonds is in the first Noel that we all knew. Oh yeah, first Noel. Noel's house party. Yeah. Christmas party. House party. E- even Mr. Blobby, you know, Mr. Blood. If by proxy, Mr. Blobby by association. He's Christmassy. All films uh, that were all films that were made from in Turkey or come from that country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I like that. I like I like the cut of your jib. Uh, yeah. So on this on this Christmas list, there's like a few things I've not seen. So better watch out. I think you guys might have seen that. Oh, yeah, that's great. It's really good. Yeah. Maybe I should stick that on the list for this month. Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Silent Night, that's Deadly Night Part Two. There on the shutter at the minute. I think. Yeah. I've never I seen think it. that oh, is ludicrous. I think good to watch crystal... if you want to see someone shout punish quite a bit. I do. Punish. Well, yeah, 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 he punish does it. not like he punishes people for all sorts. There's um I think that's being shown at the Bristol Bad Film Club this month. I think that is the movie of the month. Uh randomly on this list is The Snowman as well. Do you know that movie with Michael Fassbender that was critically panned? Oh, yeah. Apparently it was an absolute yeah. shit show. I can't remember if I've seen it or not. But uh, uh, yeah, that's that's on the list. That's on the list. Uh, yeah, very exciting. Interesting, yeah. Interesting indeed. Oh. Uh, what about horror news? Anything? Um, there's a trailer for Leatherface, right? Ah, that's seen the it first thing. That's the first thing I've got here. Well oh, done. Nice well segue. Correct nice segue. <laughs> so, it's just called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's a trailer. It's only like about a minute and a half long um, teaser, if you will. Uh, I saw it. The trailer, not the movie. Did you see it, Luke? The trailer? Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, what is there to say? You know, what is there to say? I mean, it's Fede Alvarez produced. If it was Fede Alvarez directed, I might go, hmm? Uh, hmm? Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, because it's just produced. I think he's, pro- he's produced a lot recently. Um, the film is a sequel to Toby, Toby Hooper's classic. Uh, the movie takes place years after the shocking events of the original in a setting where Leatherface hasn't been seen or heard from since. So I'm assuming it's doing this bloody thing where it vetoes a load of them. Is Leatherface a boomer? Is he classed as a boomer? He's got to be, isn't he, now? Yeah, he is a boomer. But he's got some questionable... Yeah, he's gonna be like, Well, other than if you didn't spend all your money in avocados, you wouldn't have to be hitchhiking, would you? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you wouldn't have to be. Uh, all your fancy coffees soaring them up. Can't use the internet. Sorry, boomers, only joking, but can't use bloody internet. I want you Google it, Leatherface. He goes, What? Can we just Google that for you, Leatherface? Shall I? FaceTime, that's the best, right? FaceTime. Well, talking (laughs) of FaceTime, he does hold up like a face to the sun. And he's looking at it as if to say, that's pretty lovely, that is. Trying to line um, it up with a camera on his, to do a video call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, trying to unlock his phone with face, with face, rec- face recognition. Or something well, else. he could phone. do that. Uh, yeah. So who knows? Um, I mean, I've kind of lost 
track of, of what's been going on with these. I know there were remakes in the early 2000s, which I saw some of them. There was T- Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, one called just Texas Chainsaw, one recently called Leverface. Like, he's kind of a goodie in that one, right? What is he? Yeah, I think the the main like the main character, the main girl that's in it, she's like his she's like his cousin or something like that. And then he's like, oh, actually, you ain't so bad. It's these other people in town that are wrongans, and she lets him out or something like that. It has been a long time since I've seen it. Famous a famous lady in it as Jessica Biel is in the remake, like the the early two thousands one. Yeah, possibly. Leverface. Leverface is a goodie. It's Leverface. That's like a bit like it's a bit like this. A bit like this film. Lisa Trevorface. Yeah. Oh, all <laughs> the most. Uh, we'll come. We'll come to this. It feels like all the characters that you're meant to root for earlier on in this are the people that are mostly bad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, there, there's a trailer. It's coming to Netflix in February. I think it's February the 18th. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sure, Valentine's movie. <laughs> <laughs> four days after valentine's day do you want to watch a movie about a man who cuts off people's faces and wears them as a mask and cuts people up with a chainsaw yeah puts makeup puts makeup on some of them tarts himself up for a night oh, out oh yeah he does bless him lovely maybe we'll get like a makeup tutorial look um on youtube from leatherface let's do, a, let's do a leatherface yeah come inside put with the movie face on girls <laughs> let's put a face on or not in the way you think no wink wink nudge nudge yeah. it's that easy look <laughs> it's dead easy. Of course, modern, modern era though, now he's going to have to be more sustainable. Play the face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, it's important. Um, also, don't, did you see this is a random piece of news? You saw Nicolas Cage got cast as Dracula in the Renfield movie, right? I think we, I don't know if we discussed that on news or know, not. It's quite, it's quite new. It's quite new. It's, new it's quite new news. news, isn't it? It's quite new news. But um, they've added a few more people to. It. I think Nicholas Holt is on board to star it's as Renfield. Purely Nicholas-based film. <laughs> Nicky Burke yeah. is uh, playing Renfield. Wow, that's an amazing. Like Nicholas Lindhurst is going to be Nicholas one of the Lindhurst. coachmen driving him in. Saint we... Nicholas yep. is going to play Santa Claus. That's yeah, good. Nicholas. Oh, I ain't got any. Nicholas, Nicholas Sturgeon is going to be Sturgeon. Oh, yes. <laughs> Nicholas gonna... Sturgeon. That's good. She's going to be the the Scottish character. <laughs> Nick, Van Nicola, Nicola, Nicky Butt. I like that one a bit. Nicky. I can't think of anyone. My brain is fudged. Anyway, um, Aquafina is going to star in it. Uh, she okay. was in. She was Shang-Chi. in um, Shang Chi. She's she, going to be in it as well. A, a rapper, right? I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've never heard of Aquafina before. I'm, I think so. I think the first really. thing I saw in was that uh, she was in some TV show, wasn't she? And she was also in that. She uh, a Saturday Night Live, like a comedian, right? Like primarily, like everyone's a triple threat nowadays. Ben, more than one skill. Nicholas Cage is definitely a triple threat. Um, modern day adventure story that is comedic in tone. Interesting. Oh. Um, no word yet on what Aquafina's role will be, um, but. Someone from Rick and Morty has written the script. Which one, Rick or Morty? Someone from Rick and Morty. Which one, Rick? It's got to be, uh, <laughs> be Justin Roiland, isn't it? Um, or I don't know. I guess they've yeah, got a lot know. of writers. I guess Justin Roiland. I just think apparently it's based on a pitch from Walking Dead create, creator Robert Kirkman as well. Okay, interest is growing in it with like with with 
with the more people that get announced to it, but you know, on Nicky paper, Burke, you tell me, Nicholas are you interested? Sturgeon. Yeah, are you interested oh, in a uh, a Renfield movie? I'd probably say, no, not really. It's that man Nicholas that goes, Cage, man that goes bonkers. Nicholas and Cage, Okafina, Nicholas Sturgeon, Nicholas Lindhurst, Nicholas the First, and Nicky Butt and Nick. <laughs> Yeah, Nick Grimshaw, radio host, Nick he'll be doing the music. <laughs> Nick Grimshaw. Nick Nolte, is that one? Yeah. Nick Knowles. Nick Knowles. Nick Nolte Nick Nick will probably DIY the house. Yeah. yeah. Out there. Nice. Um, uh, talking of houses, segue to a cabin. The uh, M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Knock at the Cabin, uh, even though we've got no details about it, only Dave Batista has been cast in it. Hmm. He'll be guessing. knocking at that cabin door. I bet you could knock on that door real hard as well. He's a big man. I guess it is the lead as well. What is Batista's He's... special manoeuvre? Uh, Batista bomb. Mm. What was that? He also, he he also did, that? It was like a power bomb, but like where he sat down as well, I think. I'm pretty sure that, that was already a thing, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. They're all already a thing. It's just, you know. It's also, he, like, but he says yeah. Batista when he's doing it. Yeah. He says, Batista! Um, oh, yeah, everything. RKO was the diamond cutter. Um, People's elbow was just an elbow drop. But he takes <laughs> People's elbow was just a bloody elbow drop. Oh, it's yeah. sharper if you haven't got that pad on. It's going to come sharp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to come sharp. Oh, yes. I liked um, um, Mankind. Used to, I think it was Mankind. He used to get out a bag of fun tacks and he'd spray them ac- across the ring. Classic. And then, like, he'd like a gross sock in his pants face. as well. Yeah. Mr. Socko. When we used to play wrestling as kids, I had a like a plastic bag of Lego I kept under the bed. So in case I was ever like in a Dangerous. wrestling match, if I was ever in mid wrestling match, I'd pull them out, show the pretend audience, and I'd spill the Lego on spill the bed. Spill the Lego. Pedigree my the... face. Pedigree oh. my friend's face onto the Lego. Pedigree and... your own face oh. onto it. And he'd look, up, the... he'd look up and he had bits of Lego sticking out of his face. <laughs> he'd look up just... and he'd have a perfect X-wing on his head. <laughs> oh. One of my friends in a very dangerous. It was a full. It was it was a it was an epic match. We've been wrestling for some time, and then in a big sort of Royal Rumble in the house, someone got pedigreed onto the Argus catalog. It was oh, it God. was devastating. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Was it open or was it closed? Closed. A closed pedigreed. Argus catalog. What's pedigreed straight to the been, toy uh... section. Worst thing you've been suplexed or rest, wrestling moved onto. I guess just like the ground. That's pretty bad. I got onto yeah. like a face first into a yogurt pot. I don't know <laughs> yogurt pot it was. It was like an empty little dirty right, in, right into a fruit <laughs> corner. Right, you've, got like the, you've got like the red on your own. <laughs> what, yeah, what kind of yogurt was it? It was fruit corner, I think. I don't know what, uh, what flavour it was. Why? It was the it was the toffee Wild hoops. Cherry. You had two hoops on your <laughs> two hoops on your eyes. I think I got like a double arm DDT onto. So I think we used to put mattresses down on my in my friend's room, and I think he had like wood flooring, laminate flooring. And I think what happened where where we've been wrestling, the mattresses have been slowly parting, oh, separating, separating. <laughs> and then I took I took the DDT, but I really really committed to it. So I really like slung myself down with it <laughs> straight onto the floor. Boof! Oh, fuck you! Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Good time. Wrestling is like the slightly older version of, you know, when you've just got a bouncy castle. I mean, if you can combine the two and there's an opportunity to wrestle as an older (laughs) child on a bouncy castle, then what a time. You just play until you hurt yourself and then everyone stops. What a time to be alive. Do not go on there with shoes on. It's a rental. Come on. It's a bloody rental. Uh, That's pretty much all I got for horror news. Has anybody seen anything of note this week? 
just the new screen posters. That's ramping up. It isn't far off, oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so there are screen posters for, with pretty much every major character from the original movie um, holding the mask, as if to say, oh, is the killer me? It might be me. Ooh. And then there was like new character posters for every new character in the movie as well. And there are a lot. And I'm looking at them all. Mm. And I think it's just because they're young and attractive that I'm going. How am I going to be able to tell all these people apart? I don't, know, I don't know who you are. You're not my people from Scream. Yeah, I felt a bit yeah. like that. But um, that's just bloody showing me age, isn't it? But yeah, there's that. Uh, I don't think there's anything else that I've seen this week. I think that's kind of it. It's been so, a bit... I meant to talk about this last week, but I forgot. Um, there's a film on Netflix called Await Further Instructions. It's got a really cool poster. Okay. It's like the guy... Like a man who's got like cables coming out of his mouth. Yeah, I've got it on my list. I haven't got around to watching it. It looks great. Mm. <laughs> well, oh, it just look great. <laughs> I mean, like the first, so it's like quite a low, lower budget film. It's uh, an English based film, which I didn't know. Uh, it's uh, lots of smaller actors, but it's got the who plays in Harry Potter, who plays Uncle Fester. In you Harry Potter, Uncle Fester. Oh, Henry Potter. Crabbe. The, the uncle, no, fly in the sky. Uh, he's like the um, the mixing up, mixing up franchise. <laughs> oh, that guy, the guy oh, with the the long, cat. It's got, yeah, yeah. He's he plays like a the boomer, uh, slightly racist granddad. Uh, there's a family who goes to Christmas. Um, they all don't get along because the the, the grandson brings his um, uh, Indian girlfriend, I think. So there's like all kind of weird tensions there, and then the morning after. Christmas Day morning, like the door's suddenly locked and you can't get out, and there's like a weird like mesh, metal mesh around everything, uh, mm. and then like they, there's like instructions that show up on the TV. It's like we're going to throw some uh, drugs down the chimney. These are going to keep you alive. So it's a whole metaphor, like the, listening to the TV to tell you exactly what to do and what to think. And for like, for like the first eighty percent of it, it's kind of dreadful, like really bad characters. <laughs> Like ludicrous character decisions um, and kind of forced character points of view just to make plot happen, if that makes sense. Okay. But the last 80%, when the special effects kick in, are awesome. Like the the, the, the whole special effects and the, the thing that that post is based on is really okay. cool. Um, there's is a whole, there's some, uh, come on, a year or two ago. Yeah, it's been about a year. There's a central like image in there at the end that I was like, that's them. That's amazing. That was really, it was really worth watching it just for those last twenty minutes or so. So it's it's got a malignant structure to it then. But the, yeah, the first <laughs> the first episode is is tough to get through. Um, okay. But what I'm hearing as well, Luke, is yeah. that it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Currently, so yeah, Christmas. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm also um, reading a book called The Human Santipede, which is. Basically, exactly what it sounds like. It's the human centipede, but Christmas themed, and it's about a guy trying to sew Santa and his elves and his reindeer all together. I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. I mean, whatever you yeah. think in your head, that's exactly what happens in the book. Like, it doesn't go... It's nowhere near as weird as you think it would be. It's it's just... I don't know. It's nowhere near as weird as... It's, actually, it's quite... It's quite bland. It's quite, it's quite normal. I was like, if you expect me to believe that someone's going to be able to sew Santa, who, but by my understanding, is magic, a regular man's going to be able to get him to stand still and sew him to an elf, elf's bum. I mean, it, 
it's very, very funny. It, it starts with gags. It's written by a British author called Adam Millard. And it's it the humour is like hanging out with your dad's mates at their office. Like it's very <laughs> kind of I don't know, not laddie. Very specific. But yeah. O- o- office uh, office lads. Yeah. Oh. Lots Check of him like, out. Uh, for, <laughs> force double entendres. Oh, yeah. um, secret kind of Santa, thing. secret Santa banter. So you know when, yeah, like, that's exactly during, yeah. during Secret Santa, like all bets are off. Like no matter how awkward something is, the banter will any, happen. Anal, I'm gonna say any beads, anal beads, anal any beads. beads. Yeah, like imagine another scenario where you gave someone you worked with a sex toy or I don't know something a little bit weird. Yeah, it would be, be right in the bin. What, what are you doing? You're sacked. <laughs> But when it's Secret Santa, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Remember, remember that time, everybody's remember, got everybody a sex toy. Where remember that I time went? he said he liked to he liked to finger at the bump? Well, I've bought you an 18 inch sex toy. <laughs> I gotta tell you, it's not it's not uh, an 18 inch sex toy that a friend of mine at, at work uh when we were in the office and we do things like Secret Santa, the whole team would get together and there'd be uh the player game where you didn't even have a person allocated, it was just like a random gift exchange. Um that friend of mine, Simon, would be the best at bringing in like awful secret Santa presents. On one occasion, he went to a charity shop and got like the owner's manual for like a 1990s Ford Cortina or something along those lines. It was so good. Just what <laughs> Things I've always that people wanted. Would, that someone would never ever want. Wow. Yeah. I think you got to do that. Aren't you? I think you got to like. Do- it's the other end of it, which is buying someone something that's really thoughtful, actually quite nice. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, what's that? Bath bombs? No, 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 no. That's not I it. Nail bomb. To be honest, recently, like, um, I think someone got like a book of short horror stories one year. And uh, another year, someone got me a book. Um, it's like Welcome to Night Vale, the book version of it. Oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, how many? These people just know exactly. I think they've been googling me or something. How do they know that? Yeah. And also, why are they so nice to you? <laughs> you kick yeah. off, you get like a book of book. a rival podcast. Thanks for making me feel <laughs> fucking awful. Man. Yeah. Is that? But you um, stole that, this. That's it. Other than Resident Evil, welcome to. Um, I've got a couple of things I watched in the run up to Christmas for Resident Evil. I watched Anna and the Apocalypse the other day. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a zombie movie. zombie Christmas musical. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure at first. A couple of songs in, I was I was into it though. It's all right, you know. It's a lot of fun. A zombie Christmas musical. Who's zombie uh, zombie Christmas movie, musical. Um, there is I don't know any of the people by name without having to look them up. There was a chap in it who was also in that Murder Island program on Channel 4 a few weeks ago. Um he is like the best friend in it. Uh, Dennis Penis is in it. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, is this a UK-based movie as well? It is. Yeah, it's a BBC. Uh, not BBC. It's like a uh, like Scottish film. Oh, cool. I've never heard of that one. It's either. it's uh, it's on it's on Amazon Prime, like free, not like you have to buy it separately Netflix as well. Is it the double? I think it's doing the double. Yeah, doing the double. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch. You know, like. When it first begins, I it feel like I think the first song it feels like you're watching like your local Amdram society put on something, but actually it, it really finds its pace. It's quite funny in some piece in some places. 
It's got some nice slapstick zombie kills about it. Um, it's just a fun Christmas movie. And it is, yeah, it's it's very heavily Christmas. It's set up to do, uh, it's set up directly to be tied to Christmas. And the brand new customers only man from those adverts a few years ago. He's the dad. Um, yeah, it's all right, you know. It's all right. Add that to the list as well. Yeah, but other than that, yeah. Other than that, just uh, actual Christmas movies. And then um, then this week's very Christmassy film, Welcome to Raccoon City. Evil. So I I guess I watched a Christmas movie. I watched a new Home Home Alone movie, Home Sweet Home Alone. Oh, what did you think? Have you guys got around to this yet? Yeah, I've seen it and I didn't think it was that bad. I think it was fine. I mean, yeah, it's fine. I wouldn't say it was, it, it left me, it didn't leave me feeling cold. It didn't leave me feeling like, you know, the franchise has got new life. Uh, not sh- kind of sure about that kid. I know a lot of people are kind of thinking that kid's the... He's like a tiny Nick Frost. He's like a Sabutio player version. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes I'm like, what? How was he in films? You know what I mean? I'm a bit like, is this yeah. right? Is he... Is he? I don't know. Like, it's more of a contest. Don't be. We don't want to be mean to the kid. But yeah, it's it's perfectly fine. It tries something different with the um, antagonist. I liked the way the antagonist was set up, but it wasn't just burglars. I yeah. I thought that was okay. It's one of those things where you could solve. There are sent more sensible ways you could solve your conflict, but you know it was fun enough. I think the most jarring thing for me was that Ashling B is in it. It's just an English accent rather than her regular one. Who's yeah, Ashling B. Yeah, who's that? You recognize um, her face. She's like an Irish comedian, comedian actor. You'd re- you definitely recognize her. She's on, on a, a series of Taskmaster. She's very funny. On a lot of panel oh. shows, yeah. Oh, that's how you pronounce the name. <laughs> there, there are moments when this film like just says a line from. I mean, mainly the first two movies, obviously, because they're the they're the best. But does he say yes. I made my parents disappear? I don't, I don't think he says that exactly but I don't know it's quite heavy handed with some with some stuff other stuff not so much it does sort of fall into really quite basic family Christmas movie territory for a lot of the duration of it I guess yeah. there's a lot of stuff like that about you know the meaning of Christmas and well I guess that um, but Buzz is in it from from the original two oh uh, so he is and, then, and kevin even does get does get a mention you don't really know find yeah. that much about because buzz but... plays buzz right so he's there saying oh yeah ignore it if someone phones in about a kid being home alone because my brother's a right dickhead and he got left at home alone now he winds me up about it every year why would he wind buzz up about it because it wasn't buzz that left him home alone no it wasn't maybe yeah. maybe he winds up every single member of his family and there was a lot of them you know there was a lot yeah. of them so yeah uh so there was that that i've seen and oh i watched war of the worlds last night the steven spielberg war of the worlds i like that one there's only like one yeah. bit that i think um is i don't know throws me off when he goes off screen to kill someone so yeah, back yeah, in a yeah, sec yeah. <laughs> oh when that ma- the man in the basement is that right i'm, yeah, off, yeah. I'm just off to tim, kill him tim robbins yeah. Just have to kill Tim Robbins. Just have to kill Tim Robbins. Uh, like the kids are a bit annoying as well. Like Dakota Fanning and uh, the guy who's in the, I think he's in the Dragon Ball Z movie. Oh, <laughs> For yeah. some reason, like every okay. time there's like an, a soldier on screen, he's like running off, going, "I want to join the army. I want to help." 
Just like, oh, give it a rest, mate. Just wait uh, for him to die of the cold. Come on. But genuinely... Genuinely, the scary moments in this film are quite effective. I think, yeah, yeah. like there, there's some there's some moments where they're trying to hide from this like weird little drone thing. What does thing. it do to people? Like the big things, they they take people turn people to dust. Yeah. Oh, like when they when they yank them up. Yank oh them yeah, up. they just yeah. When they before they just, they use their laser beams in the film version to just turn people into clothes. Like those, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. they just they just get turned to clothes like it like in those Lenore adverts. They just turn them into those fabric people. Um, yeah. But then and when they all pick them down. up. Yeah. yeah, when they pick them up, they slurp their blood out, don't they? Yeah, using their blood. Lovely, lovely yeah, blood. Yeah, but then, years before COVID, it's that that gets them. It's the vid. It's the vid that gets them. They just all go, oh, bloody hell, you never guess what. Uh, this this planet Earth ain't for me. So I'm feeling it. Yeah, because these aliens all get out of their spaceships, went wearing a fucking mask, off they go. Yeah. And then, should have. Look what happens well, to them. They get well poorly, don't they? They get right poorly. But that makes like a lot of sense in the sense that like any kind of species is introduced to another one. There's like like when an uncontacted uncontacted tribe becomes contacted, they get really ill or some people start dying. But like, wouldn't the intergalactic aliens know about that already? Maybe it doesn't come up. Apparently they're real smart and they've been planning this possibly for millions of years, but they didn't even think of that. They didn't bring any tissues or lempsit. Didn't yeah. bring any tissues, lemsip, a little mask. Uh, no, yeah. I trust my immune system. They say. Yeah. They say, yeah. Don't don't even know what's in it. Don't even know what's in it. I ain't taking it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, bites them on the ass, doesn't it? The, des- the design of the aliens is pretty cool, though. I mean, you don't see much of them out of their tripod ships, but they got weird long legs and then a little set of small legs, and then a I think big, that's Tom Cruise. Quite scary. <laughs> Tom Cruise, you know Tom Cruise has got a tooth perfectly in the middle of his head. Yeah, yeah. That's my Thomas favorite. Cruise Master the Third. There's a, there's a photo that went around recently. He's been in England, and it was him stood outside of an Indian restaurant in Birmingham. Yeah, and it didn't look anything like Tom Cruise. No, and, uh, just looked like a man, viral. didn't it? Yeah. And Barack, they were like, "This is definitely Tom Cruise." And everyone was like, "I don't think it is." <laughs> I don't fair, believe though, you. I mean, to be fair, he is 59 years old. Old Father Time's got to be catching oh, yeah. up with him soon. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. No matter how, no matter how fast he tries to run, from comes for you. He'll come for you. <laughs> get away from me, Father Time. Wow, that's uh, but yeah, I just fancied that. Uh, so that that's was right. That's Would you? What are your feelings on the original? Um, War of the Worlds pen? Yeah. Audio drama. What the HD Wells audio drama? There was like a series, mm. wasn't there? Recently? Like the was it the Jeff original Wayne movie. musical with the um oh, the proper like orchestra? Um, That's the one. Jesus, don't know if I've ever seen that. Oh, it's good. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, it's got some good songs in it. Second half, the songs aren't such bangers, but the first half of that War of the Worlds musical. Oh, yeah, I've heard, I've, heard, I've heard some audio stuff. From it, I think that's all. I've ever you ever been? You, you ever been near Drayton Manor Park and Zoo at a bonfire night? You'll have heard it. Oh right, they, that. that was the theme every year. We lived like my grandparents lived within earshot of of Drayton Manor, so you could just didn't have to go because you know just look at the sky. It is true that they lean really heavily into Thomas Land these days now, Luke. So if you love a bit of Thomas the Tank Engine, oh, Ringo Starr's round train Cruise. face. Yeah, Tom Cruise, Thomas, the tank Tom, engine. Thomas Cruise Land. What, what things would there be at Tom Cruise Land? Scientology Center. Go in, get brainwashed, come out. Uh, 
running dead fast from that from father time <laughs> you gotta do all the mission impossible stunts he does hanging doing the do hanging from the the cliff the cliff face like in number yeah. two uh what else didn't like a big fish tank explode in the first mission impossible run away yeah, from he that. Puts, puts puts some chewing gum on a fish tank and blow it up <laughs> um Burj Khalifa. Is that what go 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 rogue as often as you can go rogue yeah, all I really remember is, and on the Facebook group, Danny Taylor. Yeah, Danny Taylor will tell you about this from the Facebook group. But mostly, it's all about going to Drayton Manor and the the stalls, racing on the Arabian Derby. Tears to play it now. Um, yeah, just the endless jingles around at Drayton Manor, and where we grew up. Like most of my friends had at least worked there one summer. Uh, you gotta get one summer, one summer at Drayton Manor, Dane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that is that, apart from the film of the week. Yeah. Which is called Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. It's a 2021 action horror film written and directed by Johannes Roberts, adapted from the stories of the first and second Resident Evil games by Capcom, it serves as a reboot of the Resident Evil film series, and it's the seventh live-action film overall. Hmm. Um, so... Plot-wise, set in 1998, the origin story of Resident Evil explores the secrets of the mysterious Spencer Mansion in the ill-fated Raccoon City. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of ratings, IMDb has it set at 5.6 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics have it at 28%. So, very, very low. Audience have it at 65, so a bit, bit more in the middle. Um, the the Rotten Tomatoes critics consensus that we all gathered around and said these words at the exact same time. Um, uh, Welcome to Raccoon City is an, is an affectionately, I can't speak, is an affectionately faithful adaptation that further proves its source material is ill-suited to the big screen. Um, Letterboxd has an average of 2.5 out of 5. Some choice reviews here. Craig put how is this the worst Resident Evil film? Uh, Leon S. Kennedy is one of my favourite characters in any form of media, and it's genuinely unbelievable how badly they butchered him here. Half a star. So he wasn't a fan. Um, however, Electra Karras put, why did this Leon, <laughs> it's all, always about Leon, why did this Leon bump into 20 walls, crawl into everything bad, and almost got his junk ripped off in the first 10 minutes? Five stars. So he saw that as a positive. <laughs> and then lastly, Lars Adams put Jill sandwich, shit sandwich, one star. Wow, I think that might be it, isn't it? There we go. I think our job, our, our, our work here is done. Shit sandwich. Let's uh, let's take our leave. No. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. We were excited about this film, right? Before watching it, we I were. Think, I think we were quite, we were quite optimistic. Yeah. I, I was optimistic about it. I was a bit worried because we didn't get a trailer until like the, the month before it was due to come out, I think. So that was a bit mm. strange. Um, some, I think the trailer looked, you know, didn't look great, didn't look perfect, but I think it had some potential. And I think I was expecting something of a like cheesy B-movie action horror um, that was incredibly faithful to the games. It was probably a bit silly. Um, but I didn't necessarily want it to. I think this is a franchise. I'm really, really grateful that we got some level of reboot because of 
always had such a bad relationship with the Mila Jovovich and Paul W.S. Anderson, despite the fact Paul W.S. Anderson is a producer on this movie. Um, who knows yeah. how much involvement he had. But I've always had such a bad relationship with them that I thought I'd love to just get a movie where they're set in the world of the games and then maybe it's the first movie. The first game is the first movie, second. So, you know, I'm grateful, if anything, that we get to see this. Um, yeah. So, that, I think my, that leans into my first question. I, and particularly for you, Ben, I know you're a, a big fan of the games. Before we get into specifics, do you feel that they made the right choice in having this as a, an adaptation of the first and second games, or do you think it bit off more than it could chew? It, without a doubt, bit off more than it could chew. I think the first games are tonally very different. They tell very different stories. Like the first game is like a haunted house game, a haunted house sort of story as well. The second film leads lean the second game, sorry, leans slightly more into the action beats. Um, I mean, sure, combine Resident Evil 2 and 3 into a movie if you want. If you're gonna have yeah. like an ensemble yeah. cast and you want to sort of lean into that, fine. The fact <laughs> is your kind of your attention is on these two very different places who are and neither is given enough, neither is given the correct amount of attention, and because of that. Either of those places, Raccoon City and the Spencer Mansion, have got like no atmosphere because you don't feel yeah. like you're in there with the characters. You feel like you're just going back and forth between. You know, sometimes when you're watching a TV show and it's trying to manage multiple storylines, mm. two characters over here doing something, you've got another two characters over here doing something. Most of the time, you're keen for to get back to one of those storylines, aren't you? Yeah. I felt like that with both of these storylines. I wanted to get away from that storyline and get back to the other one. And when I was with the other one, I was like, now get back to the other one. Oh no, get back yeah. to the other. It was almost like I couldn't I couldn't get a grip on what I was supposed to be feeling. Who was such, rooting for? There's such a rapid turnover of time in this movie as well. Like again, we'll get into the full plot, but basically, very early on, we see it turn midnight. And then before you know it, some one of the characters gets a message saying the city is going to be destroyed in at 6 a.m. Um, first thing, first thing, 6am that's when the city's going to be destroyed and then moments later there is another like hard cut black screen it's now 1am, like the time in this moves so quickly, it's like the antithesis of the latest Halloween movies where one night has lasted about 8 hours on screen like pretty much done in real time um, like it's um, it feels like all of this stuff wouldn't have time to happen unless the city itself is, you know, Also, in terms tiny. of the, the city being blown up, only one character knows it's going to happen for the most of the film. Obviously, yes, spoilers for, for this film throughout. Um, only one character. I don't understand what anyone's goal is at any point. Yeah. Like, it's oh, we've got to get out of the city. It's almost like, but why? You No one knows the city's going to explode except one particular character well i figured um, the police chief maybe knew but i don't think it was ever ex explicitly yeah stated. he kind of he, he comes and says and he knew about a secret to know about the zombies as well like mm. he but that's the thing they they hint at uh chief irons and his involvement but the way he's involved in the games and I, i'm going to compare things to the games i know it's not fair because it's a different medium and i understand completely that transferring the exact characters the exact situations the exact story beats is never ever going to work. I completely understand that. 
However, it it seemed to take things that were very easy to translate about certain characters onto into movies and go, we're just going to completely fudge them to the point where this character is essentially unrecognizable as that character and what their goals are. And does it, so, does it feel... so, sorry, go on. So Chief Irons, for example, is a genuine, like one of the big antagonists of the second game. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of just there in this game. If you take I'm him just... out of this, uh, in this film, if you take him out of this film, the film plays out exactly the same. Yeah. And he has no motive or no agency to it. He's just a guy that, you know, maybe took a few bribes, but he's not into anything bad himself. And you're right, Ben. I don't think the characters have to be adapted in the same way. And I'll be quick to say any any criticism I make of how the characters play out in terms of the way they're written or the way they were used, not a single jot of this is down to what anyone looks like. I think visually everyone looks fine. Like I, you know, you make you make choices. I don't need my character in this one to look like the sprite no. of the video game character, particularly Chris Redfield, because there are six of them anyway. So he looks different in every game. Perfect um, example. Sorry, sorry. I'm just adding to your point, Andy, not interrupting. No, 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 go, go, go. Adding to that point, in the Paul W.S. Anderson Resident Evils, Leon looks like Leon. Wesker looks like Wesker. Jill looks like Jill. I mean, all awful. Yeah. So yeah. at what point? It doesn't point have to be the same. At- at what point do you look at a movie and say, look, the, the race of this person is going to determine whether this character, like any problems I've got with, with any characters in this movie is simply how they're written. And also like the fact that everything's there for this character to, th- their existence in this universe hinges on a few things. If you completely throw all that out the window, it's just like, why does that character need to be that character anymore? Why do we need to say we're putting Leon in this film? Well, it feels like it's almost like bad cosplay. Not so much just in the um, yeah. the characters themselves, but it, it feels like even the locations, like it's all just set dressed to look like it's got stuff from Resident Evil franchise. There's even the Jill sandwich and there's the, uh, we even got zombie dogs in the, the, the uh, garages of the police station. But it doesn't actually, none of it actually feels like the actual yeah. Resident Evil. Yeah, it so- just feels like it's set dressed to look like it. Sorry, also adding to that point, uh, Luke, which is a great point. One of the things that they've really talked about in the um, marketing of this movie is the fact that they've taken like maps from the games and they've recreated the, the locations like pretty much perfectly. But I'm like, yeah, but just from one one angle, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you walk in. Oh, here's the mansion. OK, great. Here's the here's the um, the police station. Great. Well, you know, the but- police stations and the labyrinth. I mean, I mean, the police station and the, and the mansion. They're supposed to be like labyrinthine places that just go like deeper and deeper, and you as you spend more time in there, you think how big and uh, deep is this place? But this, they've got like a one room each. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like yeah. that's all. We've but got. also, everything's so like when they get into the mansion, everything's so dark, and just yeah, turn the blade light on. Enough. Like I think that's that's part of the that's part of the thing. Like even though in the Resident Evil games there is there is light, but it's atmospheric enough. It's still spooky. The fact that everything's in complete pitch darkness is like, I mean, what does it matter that the 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 sets are exactly the same as the games? Because everything's so dark. There's 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 flashes of zombies. There's gunfires going off. Like you can't mm. see really what's happening. Yeah. I didn't get at any point a sense of that dread that survival horror. What's got around that? What is around the corner? Um, 
what what what's this place going to throw at us next? I didn't get a sense of that. I didn't get a sense that um, the umbrella thing was like this conspiracy that was slowly being unraveled. It almost it almost like sets it up immediately. It goes umbrella. It's a creepy. Uh, it's a it's a conspiracy like a, a pharmaceutical maybe company. This, this film's biggest uh, offender for me was the um, total cruel, the bad exposition in the sense of as you know. Mr. Spencer is the head of um, like yeah. the that's like screenwriting yeah. 101. You never say as you as you well know, this is this means that, this means that, this means that. Like it's they actually literally say, as you know, Mr. Spencer is the head of Umbrella, as you know, but also people are saying, Hello, Chris Redfield, my name is Joe Valentine. Or if, I don't think they do it <laughs> yeah. quite as, as bad as that. Yeah. But I think they do. That, that yeah. scene within the, that scene in like the diner when you're introduced yeah. to everybody, I'm pretty sure everybody's full names are uttered, and that is just that is just heavy. That is it's really... Just, yeah, the exposition is mental. Yeah. Especially I, if you're making this for, and let, let's face it, I know we're going to get into the plot. We, we've, we've, we've all seen it. Like, you're making this primarily for fans of the game. And then, you know, I, I'm going to go into this with, the, with reference writing. It's one of the bugbears I have with not only this, but other things that are really lean into, like, nostalgia and... Um, ideas that you're writing things for the fans. I know it's a hugely popular book and someone who's a far more successful writer than me that I'm about to criticise here, but with um, with things like Ready Player One, I never, I really bounced off that book because the way of, the way the references work. If you're writing references for people who get those things, you can touch on them incredibly subtly. You don't have to say... Um, this reminds me of playing Defender on my Atari 2600 and you use this particular control. That, like, as soon as you've said it's like playing Defender, the people who your target audience for on that will be like, I know what that is. I can fill in the rest of the gaps. I don't need yeah. you to prove to me that you did it. Then I think a lot of this comes in here as well. It's like, I am saying this stuff, like in your example Luke, with the Spencer Mansion, it's like, oh, I see you know your lore of Resident Evil well. Yeah. Um, like, you know, and there's a bit later on, we get, like, from nothing, you know, you could argue perhaps it's sequel bait, but you basically get a shot-for-shot remake of the Ashford twins feeding a dragonfly to I some ants. there's even and, a shot of the dragonfly that looks like the shot from the game. It doesn't look like it's been recreated. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, you, you've, got, you've got loads of stuff in that as well, but it's so... You know, maybe it's baiting for sequels, but it is directly recreating and hitting that nostalgia. And I don't know for me as a as, as a big fan of Resident Evil things, I don't need to see the thing that I already know over and over again. It'd be interesting to see, yeah, a way of it going is. for it. But in a, in the defense, what they've done is they have tried to create something which is what a lot of people criticize the other versions for not being. So maybe this is like, be careful what you wish for. I don't know. I feel like yeah. you could have done this and still told a good story. Like, yeah, it it just I don't know. It, it feels like they just really one messed up on the on the at a script level. I think. Yeah. One tell, tell, do one game, do um, the first one, and mm. just really like dive into that dread and that atmosphere. But the atmosphere is the big thing about that. That's, yeah. that's the big selling point. I don't want to draw exact parallels on this one because you can never recapture the lightning in a bottle sometimes, but 
like effectively the best version of Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil 2, effectively you're making Alien and then Aliens or like versions thereof, right? One that is a claustrophobic, slower burning bit of terror. And then the second one, it blows up and becomes all that action. You're not in a house, you're in a... Yeah. Because you imagine those two films together in one and it doesn't work. Like it ruins both of them. So... In yeah, terms of tone, as, as I mentioned already, in terms of tone, they're so different. Um, I think it just needs to like bring the scope in a bit more. It needed to just, it was trying to, it was getting bogged down in trying to be um, sort of wink, wink, nod, nod to, to all these things in the games mm. without really caring too much about how it linked everything together in, in a way that yeah. the story, uh, with a story that actually A, made sense. B, we're invested in and we're investing in certain characters in, you know, like in terms of twists, there was even, there was a moment when Jill Valentine said Wesker betrayed us. I'm like, but did he? Yeah, I, I didn't pick up. Did he really he? betray you? It's like, yeah. He... No. He just, what just we, didn't tell them or something. What we literally what want. The betrayal? the betrayal was he kind of knew that it's, he was going in to get the G virus um, and he knew. Whereas obviously, again, I don't want to get stuck in the details of things from the games but you know albert wesker is one of the big one of the head honchos he, at umbrella he's, he's, like he's meant to be behind it yeah, almost he himself work, he, he doesn't work for umbrella he essentially is umbrella to a degree yeah um and yeah it just felt like it got bogged down in all of these moments to the point where i'm like and i know this sounds like a really bad thing to say but i'm like is there even really a plot it kind of just goes from Beat to beat yeah. to beat to beat without ever really, and it expect it expects a hell of a lot from the audience. I just kept thinking, imagine I didn't know about all of the Resident Evil games. What would I think of this movie? Like, could I? I don't know. I think I'd know what the hell's going on. Yeah, this was one I didn't even make make an attempt. Like, you know, Karen puts up with going to see a lot of movies with me that she wouldn't necessarily choose to watch, but. You know, and usually when I'm going, I'd say, oh, we're doing this for the podcast this week. Do you want to come? Sometimes she'll say yes. Sometimes she'll say no. Didn't even bother asking. I just said, I'm going to have to go and see Resident Evil tonight. Um, I'll see you later. <laughs> I, I also, I don't I don't know how. I know that, that, that the director was very keen to say, look, we've based this on the games and that but i would like to know what his relationship was with the games because it feels like, like i feel like he's i feel like the director feels like a fan i i feel like they've they've tried to do something but there were some good shots there were some good like slow zooms there were some good sort of like they what would you call those close-ups where someone in the foreground's like in focus and then in the background split, split cool? eye up to Thing. Yeah, so it's good. Yeah. yeah, there was a couple of, like that, yeah. but sometimes there were things that he recreated in these movies. In this movie, that I was like, like, like the, the truck driver eating a burger. Like that game came out in 2019 with the burger. Like, <laughs> are we already yeah. saying that that's an iconic thing that we need to include in this in this movie? Like, I don't honestly don't. So think this it. guy, Johannes Roberts, he's done quite a few movies recently. He did the 47 meters down movies. Which like the okay. And the war, which were quite good. I thought we were okay anyway. And then he did the Strangers Pray at Night, which I think is the most recent one. Uh, which I think the big take. I haven't seen it, but from what I could gather, the general consensus was it had some cool moments, but it didn't really feel like a sequel to this, the Strangers. So like tonally, it was off. Oh my god. Um, 
he wow. literally just realized he wrote and directed Storage 24, which is like a science fiction horror film with, um, what's his name, Noel Clark in it. So, and I've, yeah. and ah, I've seen that, yeah. and I've seen that, and... Is that like an no. alien... Uh, alien monster I movie. I think so. Yeah, I think he's Noel also like... once said that he's going to make because it came around at the same time as Attack the Block. Uh, I think he said it's going to make Joe Cornish's film look like shit. Oh, I remember no. saying something like that. What's like that? Fallen... No, 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 Clark is full of shit. Who would have thought it? <laughs> wow. Um, it also looks like he's making the pool, which I guess is a remake of that. Um, was it Korean? The one with the crocodile in an empty pool and someone gets trapped in there with it? Oh, I see that? Oh, I don't think I've yeah. seen that. I'm, I'm, goodness knows why I haven't seen it. That sounds just <laughs> like my type of thing. So, so now I've seen that. I mean, it was back in 2012, Storage 24, but I've seen that and I remember being like, <laughs> how is this happening? How is yeah. this on TV? Or something like that. Um, yeah. But, you know, like go out, go out and do your thing, and you know, good on him. He's got to do this thing, which, okay, like I say, yeah. like it, it's clear that I get that I get from this, and, and either, either that or he's got a research team that are very. But I think looking at the level of detail they've wanted to go into on some of these things, these filmmakers are people who have an interest in Resident Evil, and they are a fan of those games, and I will. I'll be very quick to say this. I said it to Luke just before we started. I'll have some kind things to say about this a little bit later. There are some things that I think are noteworthy for good reasons, and we'll come to them. But the thing that got me about it from a whole characterization point of view is that it felt the writing, it felt like every character was almost the same person. And that that not one written by Johannes Roberts as well. He wrote and directed it. But not but not anyone has a bit like I watched you know, we were going through the Halloween movies recently and I watched all of the I watched the Rob Zombie ones and I find find in that I find it unpalatable to watch because everything has to be slightly unpleasant and there isn't anyone that can just be nice. And anything, anyone that's just good. And in this one, my problem with the characters was that, like, someone can, you know, you can just have a person that's good or credible at their job or a professional, whereas, like, everyone is just a little bit comically inept. Everyone is a little bit, like, cynical and have given up on everything on right. this one. It, it kind of actually reminds me, now we're talking about it, of the kind of tone and hyper-realism of American Horror Story, where nothing's normal. Like everything's constantly moving really quick, and, and every character's not normal. No, there's no normal people. Everyone has to be like a caricature more than a real person. Yeah, an extreme of, of whatever their archetype is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think maybe the... Sorry. I think maybe the first act is quite good at building some level of atmosphere. Um in, in a way, I guess. There were some bits I kind of liked about it. Um, I mean, and kudos for a, an attempt, at least. Um, I think pretty much all the characters are characters from the games, like even super minor characters are yeah. have got names sort of from the game. So, I mean, respect for, for that, I guess. Um, also, like, it kind of hits you over the head with the fact that it's set in the 90s. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone goes back to play Resident Evil 2 and goes, well, this is apparently set in the 90s, but I can't tell it is. You know the, uh, the like thing that really sold music. it 
really sold it as being something from the 90s. The CGI looked like it was from before the 90s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. It's got some it's got some very like blade one era CGI. Like the dog, there's one bit where the dog is like backing away and his head yeah. is like like perfectly still. Like uh, maybe they ran out of a budget to like move the dog's head or something. Uh, I don't know. Also, sorry, I know we're gonna get to this, but isn't the end <laughs> the same as the end of the second uh, end of the first movie, the 2002 version, where yeah. escaping on a train, big creature comes. Fight off big creature, walk out yeah. into sunset, into sunrise. Slip not break into sun. <laughs> Slip not break into sun. <laughs> drowning, not. drowning pool kicks in. <laughs> what right. was the Slipknot song from um, Resident Evil 1? Oh, I don't know. Wasn't I it? I know why you feel me. Was it not that one? Was it? I thought it was before I forget, but maybe it was uh, left behind. Was it left behind? It might be left behind. Maybe. Who knows? No, it wasn't one of the, the big, big ones. Oh, it wasn't one of the big ones. Okay. So it was My Plague. Naturally, because it's about a virus. Yeah, it was My Plague. I just I just Googled that, but... I think it was one of them ones. Anyway, so I was getting major deja vu. Where I was like, of all the... Fi- like, you're doing a reboot of a... Fr- Surely if you're doing a reboot of a game of, of a movie franchise based on a game, I mean, no matter what it's based on, yeah. If you're rebooting it, surely you don't include exactly the same finale, almost beat for beat. That is just madness. I think they're counting very heavily on people not remembering or not caring, Then I think that's what you have to really lean into on this one. But um, cast-wise, before we get into plot, what do you... Um, oh, yeah. Any any cast that you want to call out that you liked or disliked particularly? Okay, uh, hovering so, in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's on Leon S. Kennedy's shoulder. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Kaya Scudalera, we, we talked a bit about this before we started recording. Um, so, she's obviously Effie from Skins. Uh, the other Skins actors are very, very well. Uh, Kaya Scudalero, her character in Skins was really good, but she didn't say anything. Like, her whole thing was that she just didn't speak. Kaya was also in the Crawl movie. Crawl, yeah. That's right. away from Crocodiles. And I wasn't convinced on her in that one, to be honest. And then even in this one, I'm thinking, I don't believe anything that comes out of her mouth. I just yeah. don't. I think that the less she speaks, the better her acting is. Yeah. That's yeah. something. Yeah, I think you're right because like she does. She does some horrible. good. She good. She does some very good face. You know, facial expressions in that, especially when you got a bike helmet on, puts her visor up. Yeah. Down. <laughs> I mean, I think she does the sort of like determination of Claire Redfield pretty well. Um, yeah. I guess. Uh, Claire's thing in the games is just she just coming into Raccoon City to find Chris, whereas this one they've given her she loves a conspiracy theory. Well, not a conspiracy theory in the end, but um, she, and she's very much about that, about uncovering that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. But and also the fact that we get like uh, initial sequence, which is a flashback with young Claire and a young Chris, was was kind of weird. I was a bit. But like, she makes friends with Lisa Trevor, and they're orphans because reasons. Also, they, they built in the kind of uh, sister, brother sister drama as well that I don't think was really there in the games, was it? No, in the games, like there, it's a the games for a large part are about they even them know each other in the game. Not well, not not being able to find them because Chris isn't in Resident Evil Two, so yeah, Claire yeah. turns up and looks for him, and 
finishes the game think, hearing, I think you get some notification that he's away in Europe and then they're reunited at the end of Code Veronica. Um, so yeah, it's it's they spend a long time, that family that like each other actually looking to catch back up and yeah, and yeah. get back to the same place where there's like, <laughs> there's some there's some tension between them that doesn't really go very far because they aren't with each other until that scene think, where they then make up. Talking of Chris, Robbie, Amel, Amel, oh, Chris say. Redfield. This is probably the most ready sorted casting of all of them. Uh, <laughs> looks looks a bit like Chris. Uh, that's it. <laughs> Do you all, the, all of these stars people kind of like dude bros. They all yeah. kind of gave off that kind of weird yeah. uh protein shake took a max vibe well, it's, yeah well, and they've kind of like... normalized all of their ages as well like everyone in that entire police force just happens to be sort of mid to late 20s ish yeah yeah some any anywhere between 26 and 35 is basically all of them apart from the entire chief and apart from the person who's the chief of all the police yeah, yeah. only he is over 40 who the chief well i'm the oldest ah that's how it works <laughs> Because Tom Hopper is oh, Albert yeah. Wesker, and uh, he, I like him in yeah. the Umbrella Academy. I think his his performance in that is good. Like, this is just a very straightforward performance. I never really, I never really got anything. You know, sometimes you might be like, oh, I kind of understand why he's possibly. Do you know what I mean? If he was a bit of an outsider in the Stars for some reason, yeah. Because we're not we're not made to think he's the leader of Stars like he is in the games, uh, in the first game. We're made to think he's just a member of Stars. Maybe if they made him always oh, a bit of an outsider, they didn't really like him. We can, oh, we could maybe understand why he's turned on them for some reason. But, but this one, it's just like one of the one of the lads, one of the mates, one of the lads. <laughs> he is one of the lads, and actually, I think you would be forgiven for just the way a lot of things are framed. It's like, oh, that's Chris, the, the main character, Albert Wesker. Yeah. There were a couple, a couple of times where I was honestly a couple of times where it was Jill because Jill goes off of Albert Wesker. Also, interesting, it almost suggests Jill and Albert Wesker may have had a bit of a thing going on, or at yeah. least they were the close ones because, yeah, they always say, like, oh, Chris, still pining after Jill, I see. And yeah. again, don't you need a romance there? I think the dynamic I always got from those guys in the games is, oh, they're partners and good old friends. Yeah, they're good old friends. They got each other's backs. Like like a Mulder and Scully type thing. If yeah, they had a kiss, yeah, if they yeah. had a kiss, no one would be shocked. But yeah. you know, it's not really. It, it doesn't. It doesn't need it's, to happen. It's not about that. Yeah. Like um. Yeah. yeah so that, that, again, there's so much wisdom. I think like the characters that have most development and motivation throughout the film are primarily like Albert Wesker and then William Birkin. Yeah. yeah, but William about- Birkin feels William Birkin honestly feels like an afterthought. I know he's there in the first scene, and then it's kind of like, oh yeah, William Birkin's in this. Bloody hell! <laughs> like the story of William Birkin again. I am comparing it to the games, but I'm just trying to show that there's so much good stuff in the games that why can't some of this be translated? Um, William Birkin's story is quite tragic, really. Like the fact that the fact that he died the the way he dies and the fact that he's still sort of like in the games sherry's like evading him and he's still like after her in a way because he has some sort of he remembers her and he's still he's not like necessarily trying to hurt her he's just like tracking her down that was i always found that quite tragic is that because he was obviously killed and he and he injected it just before he passed away just to kind of like survive 
Um, so yeah, and it almost felt an afterthought. And you know, what was his his goal? I didn't really understand. Uh, so there's also Avon Jogia played Leon S. Kennedy, who's probably the character that got, I, I believe got the worst treatment. Um, he I wakes up with a duvet on his head and he can't get it off. And I'm like, who's this? Who's that under there? He's got like a crazy <laughs> hangover. It just it feels more like there's times in the, in the film I was like, they've turned Leon into Doofy from Scary Movie. <laughs> 100 percent right so leon is essentially one of the best characters in the franchise because like sure he's a rookie cop we get that oh he's a rookie cop if they say rookie one more time in this film i'm gonna fucking my head's gonna explode oh <laughs> hey it's you rookie oh he's the rookie it's the oh, rookie okay. guy they, they give him a horrible backstory where they're like didn't you do that thing where you shot someone, someone in the ass, ass. yeah and your dad paid Again, for you now to the exposition be... It's yeah, so shoot heavy. you. <laughs> yeah. So Leon S. Kennedy, he's he's a he's a rookie cop, but he comes into Raccoon City when a, a, a zombie apocalypse is kicking off, and you know what? He can handle himself. Um, apart from that, it's quite mysterious about like he's he's sort of like a one, mm. I guess like a one-man army. He's probably the most competent out of all of the Resident Evil characters. Um it's because he's here, a rookie and he it's because he's a rookie and he like plays things by the book. Yeah, this is yeah. the thing. I always said this. Even though it's his first day on the job, you always believe that Leon S. Kennedy feels like he has a duty to Raccoon City. And that yeah. kind of makes his his character have so many layers to him and so much like you sort of understand him just from that. Just from you don't you don't have to say anything, you don't need any exposition, you just understand what this guy is about by the fact that he, he wants to continue doing the job. Not like yeah. going, oh, I just want to leave, I want to escape. Leon S. Kennedy at some point even says, let's just get the hell out of this city. This yeah, point, whereas like book, like book wise, geez, if I'm going to the source material, again, the, the story you get from, again, the game, the, the beats that you take from, bear in mind, this is a video game written in, in the 1990s where writing in video games was still nothing compared the, to what it is now. And the voice acting is considered some of the worst in video yeah. games. But what you do is you have a character who is a rookie policeman who goes to what do policemen do, especially if you're going by the by the US definitions and their mottos, it's to serve and protect. And what he does is he finds a person and there's a disaster going on and he's about finding survivors and getting them safe. Yeah. And that's what drives that character. Whereas in this one, it's having a sleep listening to listening to Jennifer Page. Yeah, that's just it. I was. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be the most basic reaction to this film. Is I hate what I did with Leon, but the more and more I think about it, like the, the more I'm disappointed more than ever. You know, like I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. I'm just disappointed because, you know, out of everybody, we probably spent the most time with Leon. You know, we get in the in the games. I mean, you get obviously Resident Evil Four. Um, like a substantial section of Resident Evil 6 so you feel like you know him the best and the fact that he was kind of treated like this in this movie was a bit annoying I mean even at one point I think he's getting attacked by a zombie and Claire has to save him I mean which is fine that's yeah. absolutely fine if you generally think oh he's, he's I'll just act against him how many times <laughs> did this happen as well sorry how many times did this happen someone's attacking something's attacking someone what's going to happen what's going to happen somebody off screen Shoots this thing. Gonna shoot him at the last five times. I I counted five. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Leon's like just incompetent to the point where like he like drops his gun, accidentally gives it to the prisoner, 
Like, yeah, the, the, a guy who is a guy who is like a reporter snatches his gun off him. Yeah, it's like comedically Never. incompetent. Never. Um, okay, so let's jump into the plot. Let's, let's get in. Let's There's get into lot, it. A lot here. Oh wait, did we mention? Um, so Hannah John came and played. <laughs> did we mention Jill as well? Sorry, if I just mentioned the other big, the other big name in this. Uh, Hannah John came and yeah. so she was the she was the villain in Ant Man. And the wasp, oh, and I've also yeah. seen her in. I've seen her in a show recently. What was it? Uh, I can't remember. Um, I think. Oh yeah, she's in Ready Player One as well. Second time you mentioned that. Um, so she's Jill Valentine. Um, and again, she is essentially just the a female. Her, Chris, and Wesker are the same sort of like dude bro characters. Essentially, <laughs> these just yeah. cool yeah. dudes hanging we're, out. We're also made to think that that Jill is like, uh, oh, you and that gun. Ready? Shoot everything. Shoot everything. Don't ask questions. Shoot later. Shoot that crow. Fucking hell. Yeah. And don't they make someone else the master of unlocking? Yeah, Claire is really good at unlocking things. No. That's right, Ben. You still get your references. Jill does a Jill sandwich (laughs) joke. Oh, God. No. Yeah. So we we open um, in the past. Yeah. Even more in the past uh, with a young Claire Redfield and Chris sharing a bed in some sort of Coon City orphanage. Um, and then Claire meets a young Lisa Trevor, who's just like roaming the orphanage at night. Yeah, it's just milling about in the orphanage at night. But don't worry, she's dead nice. Yeah. Has she, has she at this point got like sewn on faces and stuff? I don't know if she's got faces, but she's still a gooby and she's still got her hands in like the stocks and like is, yeah, you know, is a gooly. Yeah, she's still gooly and about the place. And yeah, you know, the there, yeah, it proves that it's it's the past because um, the nurse there is watching the Golden Girls. So it's the early 90s. Um, The Golden Girls is on. and yeah, she goes. She goes up. Goes into a secret. Goes into a room. Has a chat with Lisa Trevor. They make friends. And then Doctor Birkin comes. In, what are you doing out of bed? He goes, oh, um, it's okay though. Chris Redfield comes to the rest. Oh, she sleepwalks sometimes. And he goes, okay then. Back to yeah. And who knows what this what this scene would have been unless Doctor William Birkin said Redfield, isn't it? Claire and Chris, <laughs> she says to them, and they go, here, sir. Uh, also, Lisa Trevor's story, uh, another character in this franchise, incredibly tragic, the inclusion of which in this film was just kind of weird. Like, it was almost, I, I know we got her in this intro, but then after that, we were made to think that she was, I mean, she's just there as a plot device in order to get she characters from She rocks up a little bit later, they leave her to be exploded in the city. Yeah, but she's literally oh, got yeah. faces yeah. sewn onto her. Why are you thinking at any point that she's any level of friend? Well, she I'm writes a little note, a one-word note to Claire. Says, I live, where do you live? Below. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Where's that? We're friends now for life. Yeah, below. <laughs> Where's below? Never heard of that. Below street? Don't know it. <laughs> below me. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah, but, um, and then she gives her a Humpty Dumpty. That's the exact Humpty Dumpty from the, from the remake as well. This is the thing, right? This is what I get worried about. Did the filmmakers of this, rather than think, right, we're going to make the first game and the second game into one plot, 
they took a lot of stuff visually from the remake, the 2019 remake. Now I can kind of understand why you would do that, but it almost felt like, uh, I don't know. I felt like it I mean, was too much. Yeah, I mean, we can't we can't criticize Johannes for this alone. Like, let's face it. Like, let's look at successful millionaire Hollywood filmmaker Zack Snyder. He does exactly the same. He has his assistants pull direct stills from the source material he's adapting, and then just absolutely yeah. inject your films full of it, like you're filling a donut. Like literally just coming to this oozing out the edges. Like, like it's exactly the same. I think in this opening scene, we had the gate from the Raccoon City orphanage with even with the paint on the front was the same, the sign, the the that doll, and obviously Lisa Trevor. I mean, already it was like, hang on a minute. It almost feels like the film hasn't got a chance to like develop any level of its own tone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it feels like it could have been made by, like, you know, when you get those things on the internet, it's like, I made a, an AI watch 10,000 hours of this and this. <laughs> like, yeah, it it feels yeah. like I've made an AI play all the Resident Evil games and this is the film Make that's been movie. generated. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know what? If that was real, I wouldn't. I go. Uh, yeah, sounds about right. Uh, so what do we do? We fast forward to 1998. How did you feel about these? How did you feel about these titles as well? Like obviously the time and the nineteen ninety eight and. Uh, I like it's in keeping with Resident Evil games. Like, I I can see. Yeah. I like the title treatment. I think the fact that Resident Evil came up in those nice big red letters and then it faded towards the the sign that said "Welcome to Raccoon City." I do think the title of the film is a bit of a mouthful. I don't think it works at all. I don't know why. I think if you're doing a re, I mean, obviously the the format these days is just called Resident Evil. Yeah, like you don't yeah. need to worry about yeah subtitles or anything. Maybe they're trying to separate it from the show, which is coming out soon. I don't know. Probably, probably is that going to be called Resident Evil? Because so I've heard it's called Resident Evil, but there's also a tagline being. It's called Bertie around. Wesker, Bad Dad. <laughs> bad Daddy Wesker. Um, what's it called? Uh, oh, what can I think? Is it like it Dark called? Something? No, no, it's something like the um, what's the plant called that eats things? Uh, I'm 42. Venus flytrap. Venus flytrap. It's called Resident, Resident Evil, Evil Venus flytrap. There you go. Alleged, allegedly, I don't know if that's the title or if that's like the code name that, for it. That's genuinely what it's called that you <laughs> that you were talking about. No, well, on 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 the Netflix page. Uh, all right, okay, so it's the working title. Filmed under the working title, Venus Flytrap. So, fly so obviously not that. Um, but on there is a Netflix page at the moment with a logo and a little Cerberus dog, and it's just called Resident Evil, so looks like it's going to be that. Okay, so welcome to Raccoon City. That is the sign that is up there, and now it's 1998. It's only bloody 1998. And what songs thing do we get on this? We do get a 1998 song. Yeah. I can't remember what it is. I can't remember what it is. It's all very like it's all like pop music from that time. I mean, it isn't it isn't this, but in my head, I'm thinking, uh oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> it's not it's not that, but it's definitely Got shampoo something on. like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm number five. I'm the What are you listening to? Wigfield. I'm listening to Wigfield. All right, we may not shoot on. You are my soul show. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, Claire yeah, so Redfield's she's... heading into town. She's got a Gina G on. She's all set on a, on a Sony Discman. 
Sony, there they are, product placed out the wazoo on this one with their 90s products. So we start with like exposition already when a truck driver is like, oh, having a dream, were you? Must have been some crazy dream. Looking for your brother, was it? Oh, like oh literally just yeah. like Constantly. saying things like yeah. that. Oh, like, I wasn't going to pick you up. I knew you were going to be having nightmares and flashbacks to a thing that happened. You just, as, when you're writing these things or, or telling these things, you just don't need to say anything. Like, they don't need to constantly be, like, bringing out bits of history by asking questions. It's just she so will, clumsy. This, you're, she will arrive in Wrecking City and she will go and find her brother and you'll watch it unfold. That's yeah, all you, you need. need. You don't, you don't <laughs> need that extra bit of dialogue. Um, yeah, or, or, have, or have a question. Just have him go, like, was it you going to town for? I'm looking for my brother. None of your business, though, before you grab my thigh in a pervy way. Yeah. Which doesn't say that quick enough. And then what does he go on to do? <laughs> Wait, is he uh, he's eating the cheeseburger at this point as well, right? Yeah. Where'd he get it from? Yeah. Hey? Oh, what one? Yeah. Uh, he's eating a cheeseburger. And I guess, is he, is he distracted by eating the cheeseburger? Because he hits a woman. Yeah, he's, he's distracted by combined eating a cheeseburger and grabbing a leg. Yeah, it is a bit yeah. yeah, and he's got um, a, do- a Doberman with a classic spiked collar as well because he's ours. Yeah, that is. Um, so they they pull up. Uh, the person disappears pretty quickly, um, and then the guy is like freaking out, like um, like he's like he's done a so. bloody yeah, like he's done a, a hit and run before, and he's like, yeah, it's like oh god, what are we gonna do? And at first, Claire's like right. You got like a body wrapping tarp in your truck. We'll wrap it up, and then she, the the zombie lady, wanders off. And like this is the first sign, actually. Like the people aren't proper zombies yet, and it's okay because I kind of like what they're doing with this. That the people are just sick. There's something. There's something yeah. all right. There's something interesting was, about that, and we'll I cover went, it in a bit more. But I kind of went back and forth on it because. There again, obviously, we'll get into it, but there's obviously a suggestion that everybody in Raccoon City is already, um, what's the word? Poorly. They're all poorly. poorly. That's what I meant. Already they're infected. all poorly. They're all already poorly infected unless and you're pres- main character. <laughs> and that's the thing. Oh, you've been drinking the water. Oh, don't worry. And it's, it's like they've put that plot device in and then they've gone, hang on a minute, but all the main characters are being infected as well. It's all right. They've all been drinking from their official umbrella <laughs> umbrella <laughs> water bottles. If you've got an umbrella flask, then you're all right. So everybody in the everybody in the town is infected, yeah. except for the main characters. It's almost like they've gone, right, that's in the script now. Oh, shit. How are we going to make sure that the main characters aren't infected? Don't worry. They're all drinking from their... Umbrella, umbrella branded water bottles, and they don't drink anything else. Yeah, it's, oh, um, it's plot armor, isn't it? Where they can't have the just just writing something that will protect them. I think so they, they did you, say, oh, they must have been injected with something. Yeah, you you probably had you probably had a, a medicine. And again, this but is why the, because they're going to kill them anyway. So this what, is the difference that you could. This is the difference that you could have, um, if you were, if you were taking your time over this and plotting it a little bit more. So if the first one is separate when the outbreak first begins, but before it's then. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Getting around the rest of the city. Then... Your goodies, so like your Jill Valentines and so on, are at this point choosing to avoid things because they think Umbrella might be trying to get them. So they're only drinking bottled water and what have you. And Leon and Claire have arrived there on that night and are not going to have stopped for a glass of water until yeah. un- until then. But otherwise, it's just it's just a convenient thing. And they do say, oh, you know, this will stop you getting poorly for a while at very least or yeah until it's like what it's it's doing there is taking the very sort of it's overcomplicating things so unnecessarily because it's just a virus you know it's a man-made virus umbrella have been experimenting on people bioweapons um and it's got out that is pretty much it that's all you need the fact that they're adding so many layers of complication to it like Oh, people have been drinking the water for 10 years or just start getting unwell on the same day. Oh, my yeah. eye's bleeding. Oh, like, it adds, too, bleeding. it adds too much. It's, that's like the kind of thing you would write down when you're brainstorming how, what the origins of this virus could be. And then you go, oh, hang on a minute, that really wouldn't make sense because all the main characters would have to uh, scrub, scrub it out. Yeah. <laughs> but this, yeah. that's the bloody, that's the actual story. But I feel like it's it a note that they like tried to... Draft rather than a finished story script it really does it does feel like a rough draft a rough draft and also like you know it does take i think it just takes quite a lot of talent to write of something with like a uh, ensemble cast or like where characters are all of like an even even um like you haven't necessarily got a lead essentially everyone gets their own yeah mm. it's difficult to do that and it does feel like a, a first draft it feels like it's just very very rough around the edges yeah so i mean here's a quick question then can you do a resident evil movie uh, like can it work at all i mean i i think it can yeah i think, it, really I think it can i agree and i think it it can i was gonna bring this up a little later and i'm not claiming that i could write a thing i think there's two things you could do in my mind anyway one would be to separate them out and if you if what you want to deliver to fans is truly an adaptation, take your time and think tonally and work through it in a, in a more deliberate way and not try to rush to get to your big bits. Secondly, if you wanted to do things like this, um, 
I would be tempted to propose an anthology movie and have it like a Raccoon City stories. And then it doesn't matter if you're lacking in connective tissue, just literally do. Um, you have some kind of mechanism which would have you jump between different locations and rather than follow a cohesive story, if what you want to do is fun action beats and to hit a couple of points, then then do it exactly like that. Do an anthology where you do three to five short stories and it touches one character that doesn't need to necessarily connect with another and you show as the horrors unfold in this city or at various points, you could do anything from between train incidents that touch in Resident Evil Zero to something that happens beforehand to something that happens at the events during any of those games. You could do something really cool with that mm. and have it as a cool standalone thing because again you're selling it to people who know the who know the story so you don't need to give them everything they can yeah. they can fill the gaps themselves i was watching um a youtube re uh, review of this movie uh and they were saying when they were young they were playing resident evil 2 and it's super pixelated in their mind when they were young teenage or whatever they were thinking how awesome would it be to see a hd version of Resident Evil 2 and see like a movie where it's like full, like you get to see the zombies in, in proper detail. And he said, and then the Resident Evil 2 remake game came out and it was everything that he wanted it to be. That he, yeah, he it was, that it was that, yeah. And he didn't, and then he saw this and realized he didn't need this. He, he just needed the game. The game was everything that it needed yeah. to be. I kind of agree with that. To, to I think like back in 2002 and, and the subsequent sequels, I felt like that. I felt like I really just need to see like if you don't ask me any property that i would like to see a movie of i'll be like right it's got to be resident evil and it's got to be just the first game um obviously take out all the stuff that wouldn't necessarily like you don't need a giant snake you don't need plant 42 you don't need all that stuff uh, but i think what would work is just reducing the scope right down you know yeah. to 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 something that's like a zombie a haunted house movie or you know a movie where nemesis is is um pursuing jill valentine in raccoon city just make it like a, a movie like that like uh mm. that's the whole film the whole film is like a a sort of uh and make everything that's happening around it isn't necessarily key to the rest of the movie the scope isn't umbrella and raccoon city and all these dozens and dozens of characters the scope is just is this i think yeah that's i think just just slow down i think this movie is is it goes far too quick just slow down and you'll find like you'll be able to create more atmosphere and remember the moments in the resident evil games when you find that there's an underground lab area yeah oh but shit I, I i that's my favorite thing about resident evil games are it starts off so small and, and like you such a small uh location or, or like number seven it's like you're in this little cabin part of the house and then it, it gets a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and then you find out there's like an underground lab or something and it becomes huge just incre incredibly vast and sort of um I don't know, that, that's this the happens. They get they it. get to the mansion and they're in the secret lab. Uh, what I mean, time wise, maybe not in in terms of the movie, but time wise yeah. in terms of how it plays out, half an hour. <laughs> yeah, not even like I think it feels like they just leg it through. Yeah, yeah, literally just run through. So, oh, there's the caves. Uh, there's the lab. Get on the train. Get on the train. Go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. So in terms of where we were with the plot, um, the dog licks up some of the blood from the from the oh, yeah. woman who gets still knocked right over <laughs> um yeah. yeah we're still right at the start uh licks up the blood 
Um, and then what do we do? Um, Claire we gets to Leon. Yeah, yeah, we move. We move to. Yeah. yeah, we move to Leon. He's getting up. Um, who's obviously doing the night shift? Um, and he wakes up. He's a rookie police officer. If you didn't know, uh, we're going to tell you he's a rookie uh, a lot. He wakes up. He's late. He's like tired. Is he hungover? Don't even know. Yeah, made out to be like incompetent, because lazy. He has, like, a bottle of beer as soon as he wakes yeah, up. Yeah, he has like. A oh beer. yeah, of course. Jesus, it's like so, anti Leon in any, if anything. Yeah, some yeah. other police officers do all of his backstory for us by saying he accidentally shot someone in the ass. Now he's been transferred here. His dad has basically helped him get President onto the Kennedy force. Or something. President yeah, John Kennedy. F. Kennedy has got him onto the. So they're in the diner. Why are stars in the diner as well? I'm not sure they're ever established as being stars because, like, it's, if, it's, it, it, it says stars in the plot summary, but I don't think. And they've got they've got the stars. they've got the logo like so oh, stars think, logos on their yeah, t-shirt. It's yeah. on it's on their like vests and stuff. Um, called, they just so, call themselves stars, it's like a club. <laughs> but they're the only four policemen left in town, apparently. Yeah. Like Alpha Team and Bravo Team, because it's for some reason it's established. Maybe it's just because you didn't have that big a cast and didn't want to spend the money on extras. But yeah, basically, yeah, Umbrella is moving out thought. of town, and there's no and there's barely anyone there. So basically, only people it, it quickly establishes. I think in text, yeah, at the does. beginning that the only people still in the town are a skeleton crew of staff, half a dozen policemen, and people who are too poor to move out. Yeah. Again, like the the whole thing about Resident Evil Two is that like a massive city with a huge uh, population has basically fallen to to, to this, and like it, the, the implications of that, and the fact that Umbrella want to destroy it to just wipe wipe them out and cover up their their mistake. It just feels almost like uh, inconsequential in a way. I mean, I know it's people dying, but you know, it's almost like. What? <laughs> what, what, yeah. what are they even doing here? And it's yeah, not like the, spooky because you think that could be spooky, couldn't it? Like, oh my god, like a like a practically ghost a ghost town. Like, yeah, but yeah. I think it's spooky when everyone's gone and you don't know where they're gone. That's yeah. more spooky. Yeah. If everyone's just gone, you're like, well, we know where they are. Yeah. So they go uh, they go to the police station where they have a meeting with. I think it's supposed to be Chief Irons, but I think it's actually Basil Exposition from Austin Powers. Yeah, <laughs> screaming exposition. Why is he so angry? Why is he shouting like that? Well, it's so it's it's um Donald Logue, isn't it? Um, who was in Gotham? Um, he's in like everything. Isn't he is is sort of like usually like a minor character. Uh, but yeah, like Chief Irons is yeah. creepy. Um, weird. Yeah, he's meant he's meant um, to be a lunatic. A is. literal like a lunatic and like just someone with no remorse who's obviously on Umbrella's payroll and basically is just doing anything he can to cover up the stuff and sort of yeah. In this one what he does is he comes and tells Wesker how we can pull on his date by doing loads of 90s things with his date. Yeah. He's like in case you haven't noticed this, Albert Wesker, it is 1998 <laughs> right now. So if you've yeah. got a date, because Albert, as you know, it's 1998. So this date, because Albert Wesker's just got a text from someone saying, he hey, um, City's going to, someone does play Snake in a bit. Um, but <laughs> yeah. he gets a text saying, oh, City's going to, City's going to be destroyed in six hours. Um, so, get out, lol. so yeah, get out. <laughs> 
After, did Loll even exist in 1998? <laughs> I don't think it did. Probably said lots of love because they hadn't, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, you know uh, Exo. He reminds me more of, you know, in the Key and Peel sketch where I think it's Keegan Michael Key is like screaming at Aaron and getting incredibly angry yeah. at the students. Yeah, yeah. That's what he's like to his, to his staff. Aaron. Like screaming at Leon. Yes, I said come in the meeting. Did get I tell you to get it? Oh, yeah, it's just... You told everyone so to come in. Like, I didn't say that you would come in here because then what if an old lady wants to find a cat and he has a go at him and then yeah. says to Wesker, oh, you know, as you know, it's 1998, so when you go on your date, you're going to go to Blockbuster Video and then yeah. rent and then out to... 1998 film. Oh, what's a 1998 film? Rush Hour. You're going to get Rush Hour on VHS, not Betamax, because that is an old format. You're going to get it on, on VHS video cassette. And then are you going to... Don't they say about taking a bowl in somewhere as well? <laughs> you're going you're gonna to take a bowl in and then are you going to go and listen to some Journey? I mean, Journey isn't everybody. necessarily 1998, but at the same hey. time, weird. He had a boner for Journey. <laughs> You can go and listen to the Lighthouse family, and and uh, you know possibly get it up. Like I don't know, I don't know what is going on with that whole I mean, bit. I don't know what is going on. It's just too much, isn't it? It's, it's like throwing a lot of shit at the wall, hoping something sticks. But unfortunately, the wall is <laughs> the wall's made of Teflon. Now it's sticking to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so. <laughs> Two two police people have gone to Spence Mansion and they haven't called in. They've uh, yeah, and they're, and they're like, oh, like, I thought okay, we need to send a helicopter. Leon comes in and asks about what's the Spencer Mansion, and that's the point where the chief's like, as you guys know. know, Spencer is the uh, over. I I listened to that and I was like despondent. I just thought this the, Spen- is- the Spencer <laughs> Mansion in the first in the first game is a, is essentially a cover up. Like nobody, it's just a mansion. Nobody knows what's going on in there. No one thinks that there's like a a, a sort of pharmaceutical company making bioweapons in the lab underneath. It's just like a cup. Uh, at least the first game got that. Uh, the first film kind of got that right. The 2002 I movie. I quite like the underground lab uh, idea version. And then they've got a couple living there to try and. Oh, it's just a normal yeah. big house. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense than. Oh yeah. <laughs> if, if this film has succeeded in anything, it means it means that I've enjoyed 2001's Resident Evil a lot more than I ever did in the past. I mean, we, we did it yeah. on the podcast. Uh, I can't remember. Was it all three of us? Was it just me and you, Luke? I think it was just the two of you then because around then. And I, I think really we remembered like... Up until the point where the zombies come in. Yeah. It does. It gets a lot right. Um, it's good. It's all right as a movie, not necessarily as a Resident Evil movie, but at least it's got its own identity to a degree. And I know, obviously, the, the subsequent movies were more and more and more terrible. And I would never, ever say that this movie is worse than all of them. But I think it could probably stand alongside some of those bad movies. Yeah. I mean, I love parts of Resident Evil 2, like when the guy says GTA motherfucker. That's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I hate? Um, I, I, just, I just remembered the, one of the bits I hate. Sorry, we, we, we could get into this. Maybe we should do a bonus episode where we talk about how much I hate the Resident Evil movie franchise. But there's a moment in Resident Evil Apocalypse, which is the second one, I think, where Jill Valentine, who looks great as Jill Valentine, not sure who the actress is, um, walks into the RPD where they think they've got like a guy who's obviously been bitten. He's like um, handcuffed to a table or something. And he's like going a bit mad. She walks in, stomps right in. Like she means business. I I might be misremembering this, but this is how I remember it. 
she does like a forward roll and just shoots him straight in the head. It's a, it's it, that is the GTA guy, and it's a woman that he's handcuffed to. Yeah, that is about to bite him. She's like, yeah. And nobody goes, "What on earth are you doing? You can't <laughs> kill people like that." Everyone just goes, "That's Jill Valentine. She takes no shit." Well, yeah. Fucking believable. Whereas in this one, Jill Valentine shoots the ketchup bottle off, off when they're being dudes before this briefing. I don't know. She shoots a ketchup shoots a ketchup bottle off Leon's head. The bet was can you shoot the ketchup bottle off the top of his head? She shoots Wesker in the head and then throws the gun at Leon's head. She doesn't hit the bottle at all. And then she goes, pay up. What? Pay up <laughs> and I'm, pay up, and I'm taking the like, sandwich. Are you all right? Jill sandwich. Yeah, that's what she says. I'm taking it to Jill sandwich. Someone's, someone should say to Jill are you all right? I think you need like to be, I don't know if you should be like a police officer because you're, <laughs> what's wrong That's with it? you? I don't understand. This is what I got. This is what I was saying about the characters in this film. Like you would, by odds, you would think that like one of them would be like a professional or good, but they are all written exactly the same. They are just really incompetent dudes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> So, Before yeah, the, the briefing, they went. Okay. Uh, sorry, Claire went to her brother's house. She's turned up and broken in. Um, before he has to nip off to work and see this briefing, this is where we very briefly learn that Chris, meanwhile, stayed in the Raccoon City, and you know, Birkin was a good old mate to him, was the second father to him, like Scrooge and Tiny Tim, effectively. Um, he looked after him, sent him through the academy. He thinks that Umbrella are great. He's got an Umbrella water bottle. And um, he's got his umbrella water bottle, and his next door neighbours are a c- creepy little ginger boy and his bald mum. Itch a itchy scratchy mum, itchy smelly mum. Yeah, what did you say? Because that's what we. Tasty. Yeah, oh, this is yeah, exactly, re- yeah no. Resident Evil like, <laughs> you know, Resident Evil Easter egg here, but it feels like it dwells on it just long enough so. Meanwhile, one of you the characters has gone off for that briefing, and then that is what happens. It's almost like she's written itchy tasty in blood on the on the thing. Do you remember what Claire but, says? No, what does she say? Oh, I, do you need some help? And she's like, so she writes <laughs> in blood on her brother's window, itchy tasty, and Claire says, "Can I help you?" <laughs> like, like what? And then what does she say? Because she just seems to shout something and then disappear. No, that's the little boy. So she writes it, she tasty on the glass and then looks at the camera, gives it a little wink for the fans. And then and then the little boy go comes in the other door of Chris's house and hides under the table. But I don't know why he's hiding under the table because he's looking, he like crawls under the table and he's looking outwards. But Claire is behind him. So she walks in and like leans down next because she sees him under the table. Sort of leans down next to him and goes, You're right. And then he's the one that says, says, No, you bloody need some help. And then uh, the mom just (laughs) the head butts through the window like Spyro the Dragon, like runs at it. (laughs) Comes hammering through that glass. Right. Like tackles her. The thing about the zombies, like being a bit more human and sort of knowing they're unwell and still talking right so in the game there is a bit where you find a diary and it's a diary of somebody turning into a zombie like oh my friend came in he had an ugly face so i killed him 
And then the next one is like, oh, I was having an itch and a big old chunk of flesh came off my arm. That's weird. Uh, and then the next bit is uh, obviously it just says itchy tasty. So we see that sort of thing. But that's the only time we see that in the game franchise. It's almost like that moment has been that moment's gone back to oh itchy tasty is really really popular amongst the amongst the fans yeah it is what's that about again oh there's a zombie and he doesn't really know he's a zombie that's it that's the crux we're gonna make all the zombies like that and it's yeah. just again it's just it's too it's like focusing on the details that aren't important to 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 how to to the world building yeah I would I will I will pay out on that I think that there is there are some cool bits with these zombies. I kind of like it. And the same, after the stars team leave the 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 um, the diner, the lady's eye is just bleeding, and I would be more alarmed by that. Yeah. and <laughs> hell! Better get that scene too. If you if you're crying blood like you have a sheaf, um, like, <laughs> yeah, the, but yeah, I'll get yeah. A poker. But um, as you tell, crying blood, um, but. I kind of liked it, and it, and it and it and it's cool later on when they've got the police station locked up, and the people are. It's kind of escalating. They're becoming more animalistic. They're not quite zombies yet, but they are. They're all all the hairs coming out, and they're there like shouting to be let into the police station. Do I think that's an look interesting like, like devolution into zombie. Hmm. Do some of these zombies look like they've been? Like stung by bees as well, and like they've got like really, like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> that fu- that image of Bear Grylls after he's been like stung by wasps or something, <laughs> and his eyes are just <laughs> They look like that all, sometimes. All, like... all Macaulay Culkin from My Girl. They're just yeah. over there. Oh no, rest in peace. Um, it's just it's just weird, isn't it? It's just very weird. I've, yeah. I suppose that the, obviously the one bit we didn't mention as well, the Doberman that licked the blood does turn into a zombie dog, bites the guy who's driving the truck. Yeah, yeah, and he's and on he, now. Yeah, and he now, you dirty bastard. Yeah, of the police station. Leon. Yeah. This is, yeah, it's all just going mad. So stars are heading up in the helicopter to have a look in the mansion. Meanwhile, that guy spends quite an extended scene just driving around as a zombie in his yeah. Yeah, in sat nav guide. No, sat nav didn't exist. Then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, got, that's Tom. Tom, <laughs> obviously, did we mention that Claire like obviously shows Chris the video of of the of Ben Bertolucci? Um, and obviously, in the game connected to Ada, there's no Ada in this movie. Oh, Ben, you know, <laughs> but yeah, there's no connection to that. Um, so yeah, so Claire's goal, I guess, is to kind of take. An umbrella. Yeah, she's telling her brother about this conspiracy. Um, yeah, with this thing. But right now she's just driving around. And by the way, also, you know, it's hard for us to keep up because you know we're recapping this, but like the film runs exactly like this. We've also had a very yeah. brief scene at this point where Birkin, you know, again, presented yeah. for some reason as one of her more sympathetic characters. He's there with uh, with his wife and daughter. His wife's had a nightmare. And then he gets a phone call saying, oh, um, City's gonna City's getting blown up. And he's right, come on, get in the car. And then we see that he's in the car and he's going, Oh, are we why are we leaving town? He goes, we ain't leaving town. I ain't robbing off my stuff. Who are they getting called by, right? Because the bad guys of Umbrella are Wesker, um, Birkin, Chief Irons, 
Uh, who else? Like maybe head up, maybe, maybe Birkin is important enough to Umbrella that they were going like it's head office phoning him saying, oh, "We're going to blow it up, I guess. Um, we're going to blow up the city in a few hours, so you just want to get on out." But he doesn't. He he says they're going, they're going in because he's not going to let them steal all his. Uh, quality research just make another one William you know the recipe if if Heston gets a call from Waitrose and they're like oh we're blowing up this Waitrose he's like my Christmas puddings with the oranges in the middle are in there gonna get them get the kids in the car (laughs) so now this movie like splits off into two directions we get um, obviously Alpha Team of Wesker, Jill, Chris um, who else Brad uh, Vickers, the helicopter oh, yeah. pilot. Brad Richard Vickers, Aiken. R- Richard Aiken, yeah. So they go off to the Spencer, Man- Spencer Mansion. What I'm going to say as well, Ben, the biggest travesty of all, mostly because there are no characters over 40 years old, but no Barry. No, no Barry, Barry Burton. Burton. Where is the heart? Zero Barry Burton. Exactly. Well, this is the thing. Like, If you're going to make... Obviously, a certain ending in the first game is Barry Burton is being... Um, uh, Albert Wesker has got him on side because he's threatened his family. So you think Barry's a good guy for out, and he is a good guy. But when the chips are down, he does have to side with Wesker. Again, could be very interesting if that happens. But, you know, unfortunately, he's not, not involved. Uh, and obviously, the other side of the coin is that Claire and Leon, at least it's the right two people from Resident Evil 2, are in the uh, in the police station with, with Chief Irons. So that's just those three, isn't it? Yeah, Chief Irons has gone to leave and he went said to them, oh, you're in charge now. But then he was interrupted listening to his journey music. He was listening to Don't Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow. No, it's not, that's, the, that's Fleetwood yeah. Mac. He was listening yeah. to... Don't um, Stop Believing. Any Way You Want It. It's, uh, oh, Any Way You Want It, yeah, of course. Want it. That's the way you need it. He's escaping. I've got my running playlist. It's great to finish a run too. Confused as to what's happening here, but it looked like he got stopped by Hunk. Yeah, he looked like Hunk, there. didn't he? Yeah. I mean, I think it was just Umbrella Umbrella agent, Special you know, Forces. Man. Yeah. But then, like, um, they were shooting a few people and he kind of drove, just drove back to the police station. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll let him go, I guess. Oh, my God. And then he, he's such an idiot. Um, the, the dog <laughs> comes in to attack him. He yeah. loads six bullets into the gun, shoots them within seconds, like, without yeah. even looking at what he's shooting at, like, over his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he does. Yeah. He's, he like the, like... he's like he's like the Joker shooting that man in like the nineties Batman. Yeah. <laughs> he hears like he's looking for a zombie dog. He hears a Russell over there. Bang. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what a dog's name is. Probably not Russell. But uh, <laughs> 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 it's just it is ridiculous <laughs> to the point where he's historically like... he'd shown himself to be capable because while. While um, Leon was asleep to his top of the pops playlist, Jennifer Page's crush, which his, his headphones are too loud. If he was in the modern era, his phone would have told How him he's had his headphones on too loud hear? because a truck has crashed and exploded. You'd feel it. You'd fucking feel it. You wouldn't just yeah, hear yeah, it. I feel that. Yeah, that happens in the mansion as well. Um, like yeah. uh, the other way around. Oh, yeah. They say, where's the helicopter after it's exploded? It's like, well, you didn't hear or feel that? Yeah, yeah. Or here, we, yeah, we were lucky that we got to the other side of this room, so this crashing helicopter didn't get us. Um, but yeah, the, again, we're going at this frenetically, but like this is exactly how the films happen it's jumping between one and two. But yeah, Bri- uh, 
Chief Irons did shoot the the uh, the burned up um, truck driver who was walking towards Leon. Also, he walks in just like he doesn't walk in like a zombie. He just walks in like a guy on fire. Like I think strollers, he's just like a normal guy. Yeah, I feel like he might ring, ring the bell on the desk. Ding ding, um, police. Yeah, I'm on fire. So this, uh, the chief <laughs> shoots him um, and says, "Clean that up. Watch out for more of them." But if it's uh, like yeah. everyday everyday man on fire, but surely there shouldn't be any zombies in. You shouldn't know about zombies yet because it's people are starting to turn now after it's been in the water for years. It's well, not like yeah, you've they, seen. Yeah, they haven't even turned up at the gates at that point. But then during that drive and is listening to any way you want it, he becomes incapable of shooting. The zombie dog manages to make him waste his bullets and sneak up on him. And those dogs do that in the game. They'll make you waste your bullets. Oh, yeah. Um, But then then thankfully, Claire is there to bash it with a fire extinguisher. Oh, yeah. Why, why are they making out that she's the most competent? Like, I'm fine for Claire to be competent. Of course she is. She's one of the main characters of Resident Evil 2. But the fact is, she's just surrounded by imbeciles. Yeah. Surrounded yeah. by Mr. Beans. Surrounded Everyone's by Mr. Bean. Yeah. Everyone's a Mr. Bean. Yeah, I feel like in this game, like, Leon, oh, I've just realised you saying it being like Mr. Bean. Effectively, Leon in this film is like, um, maybe, we, maybe it'll improve your opinion of the movie. Like homage, he is like the main character from Brain Dead. Yeah, uh, yeah, is yeah. that so. comical? Like literally, <laughs> I feel like he could be like running on the spot because he's slipping on the blood. Yeah. Old Lionel. Yeah, it is very, very um, silly. But yeah, as I, as I mentioned before, the like people shooting, people getting saved at the last minute by someone shooting their attacker off screen was really bothering me because because it, it got rid of all tension because i was like oh god they're getting attacked what's going to happen bang all oh, right so there's even the moment right and i hate this i hate this so much i hate this in movies so much you know when someone's aiming a gun at somebody right and the gun fires and they look at the gun as if to say oh well me who could it have been and it, oh, no, I've over, been shot in the and it pans over and it's someone else like that Huh, it was me yeah. after all. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. But you're right. I think the bit that got you, Ben, I think it's probably more egregious because it happens literally about four times in a row in the next 20 minutes of the film. Yeah. So in the mansion, we get a recreation of the first zombie encounter from the first game. Very faithfully done. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the main the main hall looks great as well from the one angle well maybe we see it for two angles but it's essentially that one area we see that looks like faithful to the game where we're like okay that's kind of cool i think the soundtrack had some kind of nice moments as well there are a couple of i'm not sure about this kind of like uh nursery rhyme theme that was at the start and and it was repeated later oh this is and is this when we have um four non-blondes the cover um, oh, I know they use this for the trailer as well because yeah. that's when Brad gets attacked by zombies when he's playing Snake. Uh, Biggest problem here. You guys know the rules, right? How do you play Snake on a Nokia phone? Uh, How do you play it? Not at that speed. Certainly not at that speed. You play it on speed nine or nothing at all. <laughs> Super slow. Is that slow? Yeah, you, you play it fast. You gotta okay. play because if you uh, if you go okay. in for a competitive score on Snake, because in your in the sixth one common room, there's no smartphones yet. So that's what everyone's yeah. that's what everyone's playing. And if you're <laughs> gonna try and beat that score, you're gonna have to have it on the highest speed because the points you get are re- reflected by the speed that you've got Snake on. So you need it at top speed 
if you're gonna if you're gonna play it. But this Brad Vickers is there. He's got it on like a two. It's like yeah. also, I guess mentioning this because obviously he gets attacked by a zombie. The zombie sound effects were deafening. Like I found myself constantly going like fucking hell. Like, <laughs> and it wasn't because it was like terrifying anyway. It was just so loud in comparison to like everything else. I felt like that with a lot of the like the explosions and stuff as well. Like I thought I was getting used to a certain um, volume of everything, and then suddenly it was like fucking hell, Jesus yeah. Christ! I think those cinemas have got louder, or I'm just not used to them as much as I used to be. Yeah, or they some, seem to be like more sibilant yeah. as well. Like you just get like really like hissing, like hit yeah. a certain frequency. It's just quite painful every now and again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't strike us- me that the balance might have been off on this on this film in particular, but like. Yeah, you, you're right. It is the dialogue isn't as clear as some of the yeah as some of the random shouts. But yeah, this is that you get you get all of your things. So we see the the op- we see the recreation of the first zombie encounter. Richard and Chris are there. I don't know how Chris escapes this because Richard definitely gets chumbled up, yeah, but yeah. Chris kind of just mills his way out of it. Do you think they're trying to recreate the cover from the first? game maybe it's the director's cut oh yeah but it's well, like Chris is like surrounded by things coming on either side of him yeah and he's like what <laughs> like he never would have got out of that but he somehow but he did out of it did a roly poly and i mean again legs this looked kind of cool that zombie looked pretty good um in a lab coat as well thought that was good yeah and then they all um, just they all just come for him and they're all over the place and basically in the mansion wesker and jill they do the puzzle with the they do the puzzle with the piano, but then the helicopter crashes into the building. With Wesker at this point, trying to make out that he's like an operative for an unidentified party, aka Umbrella, trying to get Birkin's virus. He's literally walking along with a map, and Jill says, "Where'd you get that?" And he goes, "Alex, I'll t- later." Oh, I'll tell you in a bit. Although he does work for, he's not working for Umbrella in this sense. He's okay. working for the other rival company which is a thing yeah. in the games right yeah. but the com- the other company are never named so i'm assuming that's obviously where ada's involvement yeah so they're the, they're the other company yeah. that are coming in later i, I mean her him, him doing the moonlight sonata little thing on the piano i liked to a degree i feel like its involvement was kind of cool but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was a nice touch. Again, <laughs> again, I can pay out on things like that. I think that was an interesting touch. And I liked it because they didn't feel they needed to explain it. They just had like a funny little, you know, there was there was a funny little aside that that that, that happened to. And he played a piano like like in Willy Wonka to open a secret door. Yeah. And that's and that's fine. That like that that was cool enough. And then a helicopter comes in. And they have the big reveal after they get up. He goes, "Oh, blooming hell! Save me from that helicopter getting me." We're still in the same room where the helicopter has crashed because we yeah. can hear the radio going off. Because she finds is like, "Hey, Brad, bring us the helicopter because we've got to escape." Um, <laughs> and this is where he reveals, "Oh, hey, um, I get a load of money if I go and take their secrets that they're hiding in here. We're going to burn Umbrella to the ground. Hmm. Um, do you want to come with us?" And she was like, "Oh, you betrayed us, haven't you?" Is that, well, no, I'm offering if you want to say, no, absolutely betrayed me. I am off. See you later. It's, it's so strange. Like, it's just so strange. It just doesn't have, it's got no weight. There are no, like, consequences to it. It's almost like, because in the games, Wesker betrays them, 
in this sense, even though the story doesn't really call for it, we're making Wesker betray you. He betrayed yeah. us. Well, she yeah, does say that to Chris. Yeah, he says that she says that he's betrayed them. There isn't that. There's nothing else to it. It feels like the most interesting version that you can do of this now would be to actually throw them together in based on the fact that I was in a, an empty cinema, I'm not sure if it's going to make the money to do a, uh, do a sequel, but if you, if, if you are to follow up on this, maybe you do yourself more favours by flipping the dynamic and not make it that these are like the bitterest of rivals because Chris and Wesker barely speak, so it's hardly as if they're going to have that relationship anyway, but yeah. more a we're actually friends but we're on different sides of we end up on different sides of this now maybe like, that's like, how it goes. like leon the way leon and ada's relationship plays out like yeah they're kind of friends they help each other but essentially you know he's a cop and she's an robber working for <laughs> he's a cop she's a bloody robber mate um, uh, but yeah so wesker just trots off down that corridor and then we get another save where we have like an action sequence which is very doom um where chris is just flailing around in the dark shooting people um and then just before he gets got um jill turns up and that jill turning up replenishes his ammo so he's all right then <laughs> she gives him a, a a couple of clips that she found well, loads of clips as i say there's an item box literally in that room yeah. that they go into and they uh Hear that lovely uh, save music. Imagine that in a quiet moment in this game and we get some level of save music. That would have been beautiful. Uh, obviously, we get... Cause it could have happened when Claire and Leon are retrieving all their weapons in the in the police station. And then she kind of like disrespects Leon by going, well, you better have this as well. Bulletproof vest, because, you know, you're a knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this is what we have on the other Give side. So, a bib as well. Yeah, have a, have, a, have, a, have, a, have a bib. Make sure you don't... You know, make sure you don't spill any dinner on yourself. And then they and they go, oh, what's that noise? Oh, there's a prisoner in this room. And this is yeah. where Ben, the Ben, the uh, the reporter is there. Leon has a chat with him. He snatches his gun off him because his cellmate looks a bit poorly. His cellmate he then immediately takes his eyes off. Um, he goes yeah. to let him out, but he gets bitten by the person again claire then comes from the side and saves leon at the last second claire doesn't even get to interact with ben who she like pretty much was hinging on everything she comes to raccoon city for she comes down and goes oh he's dead there's not even a moment where she goes like you were right and he goes yeah i was right claire also when they heard him shouting from the other room why didn't she also go in she's like we go and see to that prisoner please (sighs) i've got nothing to do in this room her and Brian Irons are just having a lovely, lovely chin wag about Journey. Yeah. Um, oh, Journey? Yeah, what's your favourite song, Ben? I love, I love, I love Journey. Anything you want. Uh, Anywhere you want. <laughs> get them out of the sea. Um, so when it, she shoots a zombie, shoots his like jaw off, doesn't she? And yeah. then Leon finally gets his moment to like go. Well, I'm gonna bloody shoot the zombie now. Just unloads uh, a clip, yeah. uh, unloads a clip in it, and then she's yeah, like, you "Never be any good in the world of survival horror where resource management is, is like, key." Yeah, she's like, "Are you finished?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." Come on, I mean, uh, their dynamic is just like it's like mum, mum, and young son. Yeah, 
Yeah. Th- this version of Leon with his bullet wasting, if he found himself a like a grenade launcher and acid rounds, I'd be like, oh, I wonder if it'll strip the paint of this corridor. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it does. <laughs> You'll need that for the tyrant. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Sorry, we haven't got the budget for a tyrant. Funk. Yeah. <laughs> Off he goes. Um, so but then, yeah. So then they go. So Brian Irons leads them. They leave leave the police station and travel to the orphanage. Just as the zombies burst in, so they can all run down a corridor and bump into every single wall. Like how much? How crazy was it? Like having to try and find a way to leave the police station in in the game. Like it was like this massive labyrinth of places and stuff, and you couldn't really just leave. And when you did leave, even in the remake, when you did leave, they're all on the streets, and it was really like you pretty much impossible to get from A to B because there were zombies everywhere. They go to the bloody orphanage, just like, oh, just nip to the orphanage, shall we? Just walk over the street. Yeah, just go down this little alleyway. But yeah, that's only after they Benny Hill through the police station. But they're going through different doors and there's a zombie that's coming out and they're looking at them. And, like, and then after a while, they are chasing the zombies and there's like a police. Maybe there's someone in like a giant chicken outfit and they're just chasing each other through these random doors. But they get out and they, they get to the orphanage. Um, and then basically they get to the orphanage, a liquor turns up, gets Brian Irons. Yeah, there we go. Um, Done. Brian Irons. Don't worry. What are you doing in this film? Too late, your face has been ripped off. Yeah. yeah. You've been tongued. But you've been, what, t- been to the liquor CGI. I swear the CGI is 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 nowhere near as good. I mean, is on par with Resident Evil One from like yeah. two thousand two or something. It just doesn't I think so. And again it felt like uh oh here's the liquor and now it's dead. Goodbye. Yeah. How does well, it yeah. get killed? Uh, what's uh, Lisa, Lisa Trevor like, gets it in a sleeper so. hold. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta be Gregor. Yeah, it's it's gonna it's he gonna like get it's, out. <laughs> it's gonna get them. So it like it turns up, it gets Brian Irons and slashes him into mint, slurps him off, and then it jumps down. It manages to trip Leon off. Surprise, surprise. Probably tripped on his own. Didn't need any uh, help with it. <laughs> and then it takes a stunner from it takes a stunner from Lisa Trevor. She jumps off the top turnbuckle and just absolutely schools him. Suplexes him onto a yogurt pot. <laughs> Fruit corner. So right on the Argus catalog. She yeah, got him. Their brains exposed. I feel like you could just prod that and they'd be done. Prod yeah, it and they the- go. Oh, yeah, that's a good memory. <laughs> oh, shit. I remember that. Oh, no, childhood traumas coming up. Oh. Press them right in the medulla oblongata. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the aggression bit. It's the aggression bit, yeah. Alligators. Yeah, but I so Oh, we've got a pet liquor now. <laughs> I mean, Ryan I wouldn't be surprised Ryan by this film. Men- mention. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because they've got a pet Lisa Trevor now. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa Trevor turns up. She remembers meeting Claire. Obviously, not much has been going, not much has been going on for the what? She was a little girl when they made friends. So what? Ten years plus. And she, but you've still got loads of faces like tied up, loads of faces sewn onto you. But we're fine to just go. She's probably all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. she's probably all right on our side. She, she yeah, she she helps them out. Um, she yeah she chokes that liquor out, gives them a set of like video game accurate keys that match the oh, different. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's the club key and the diamond keys. They're on like a key ring. Oh, 
know. And then she push, and then she pushes like uh, a little in the you know, secret you know, room that they wait, played wait, sorry, in. Sorry. You know how we said that Ghostbusters Afterlife was the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen meme for <laughs> two hours. That's incorrect. This is this is the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen meme for two hours. Except Leonardo DiCaprio is Leon S. Kennedy in like yeah. the Resident Evil PS1 graphics. Just <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, she shows them there's a keyhole as well. They open it, um, and then they can get into the secret base. And even though I think they know the city's gonna be destroyed at this point, they go, Well, thanks, Lisa. Know? How does anyone I don't know. know, but either way, no they're, es- they're they're escaping. But they go, all right, then Lisa, you stay here. Then I guess our invincible friend who can kill liquors with your hands. Basically, you are our version of like sloth from the Goonies. She that's, turns oh my up God. like, hey, you guys, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's how she's treated. Like, oh yeah, oh, fuck, man, oh man. So they they leave they leave her to it and go go down into the secret tunnel, which, um, as you know. Um, is is connected. Secret tunnel goes to the goes to the mansion. Actually, secret tunnel, secret tunnel that goes to the mansion, and you open up the first door, and you're in the exposition chamber. A bit like at the end of Resident Evil Village, where you're like, "What's everything?" Oh, luckily someone's made a scrapbook. Yeah, there's a yeah. scrapbook full of files and videos, and this is where also there is um... dangerous, yeah. <laughs> dangerous <laughs> stamped over like yeah. Lisa Trevor's face. What's this, Lisa Trevor's file? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm calling this. I've seen enough. I'm going to classify her as dangerous. Dangerous. <laughs> and then you go, naturally, she's all right. Actually, bit of a laugh. Yeah, she's da- yeah. she's dangerous to them though. Um, so yeah, Lisa Trevor classified dangerous. Um, and then <laughs> loads of ev- like a spin-off action movie. <laughs> yeah, though Lisa Trevor. Lisa Trevor. Arms, arms in brackets tied together and dangerous. <laughs> yeah, with um, a little bit of hair coming out of one of the eye, li- one of the eye holes. I noticed. Yeah, yeah. She, so she's there. That's her. That's her upcoming spin-off series. If she survives the explosion of the city, it's the original odd couple, Lisa Trevor and that liquor that she yeah. prodded in the brain to make to make not attack <laughs> to make anymore. it nice. Basically, like the dog from that the Predators movie that we saw. There's a bit where they're eating spaghetti and the long tongue's coming out and just, yeah, crazy times. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, she, 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 stays, she stays there to die. They look in the exposition room. There's loads of evidence of all the kids they were killing. Um, Claire Redfield goes, the evidence that Claire sees makes her really angry, so she just rips it all up. There's literally like, like ah! a page. There's literally a page which says, 100 dead kids. And she goes, <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, many! And she was going to be one of them, but for some reason she wasn't. I don't understand. We never covered that. It's like, we oh, literally they wanted, don't know. Well, they, wanted to, they, wanted, they wanted to take me down there. Run away. Is that when she, like, she was supposed to be a, a test patient or something, and then she escaped and ran away from her? Like, ne- I mean, we we like, never know. know. I'm just kind we of piecing it together. From... They went, do you want this do do you want this experiment on you that might turn you into a brain dead monster? And she went, no. no. And they went, well, I can't argue with that. <coughs> can't, can't argue with that. She knows what she wants. Yeah, consent's important. Well, she's not going to sign the paperwork. She's not going. It's around this time. Dr. Birkin has like a, a kid on a on a table mm. uh, that's like completely opened up 
and he's like prodding yeah. around. I don't understand what he's doing in the movie because it's like prodding around in their guts and stuff. And his wife and daughter are just there. And he's like, just don't look. Dad's got yeah. work to do. His kids <laughs> just oh, standing you think in that's the corner. Disgusting. Do you grow up? <laughs> <laughs> but also, food like on the table, as William well Birkin. <sighs> yeah, that was a bit unnecessary because it's like it's almost like that scene was just trying to establish him as evil. But yeah. I'm like, well, I'm I like that guy's face. Evil? You know the actor who plays him. He's in like Desperate the, Housewives. Neil McDonough. He's got the Donahue? face of a like um, Cupid. Like he's got a cherub's face. Oh, well, yeah. like, <laughs> He's got like a little. He's got flushed cheeks. Like someone's yes. gone up to him. Like yeah. like a grandma's gone up to him and gone, "Oh, you little cutie boy!" And he's gone, "Get off!" I'm a scientist. Um, yeah, you're right. And the, this <laughs> this this zombie person is on the table. They're laid out like a garden centre, like at the end of the void, and he's just there. <laughs> poking and prodding little bits out of him like he's having a dibble dinner he's like get a little bit of that um i know what he's doing there because isn't he just getting the, the briefcase of vials just pick just that the, up Stop yeah the, the, I, kid <laughs> when you put when you put that one away before you came home from work that night no yeah. left it out i guess he didn't know the city was going to explode that day so he's probably getting back to that in the morning he's like but, right before um, i leave exposition room yeah everything's all open and ready and then it's all nice what's that the vials yeah they're there as well ready to go and what's this I, I could sew you back up but to be fair you never know yeah, yeah he's he's like got that he, his attitude to sewing up a, a zombie corpse is the same as like teenage me make him only gonna get in that bloody bed again tonight and i yeah i don't need to do <laughs> oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's the bloody point what's the point in anything what's the point in cleaning my pants what <laughs> yeah um, uh, so obviously when, uh, Wesker Wesker turns turns up. Up. yeah yeah wesker turns up and goes gives them vials and he goes shan here's a go mate <laughs> gives them vials i'll give them vials it's like a playstation controller yeah. gives a gives a go mate because I go them vials because I shan't give you the vials. These are my vials. They were given to me by the Umbrella Corporation, and you you are specifically not allowed in here. How many have you got in there? Let me just check. Uh, just the right amount that I need, actually. So... Can, I have a, can I have half of them? I actually need them all, so it's going to be a no. <laughs> and then a, a quick a quick a quick time event moment happens where he goes to grab his gun. And Wesker yeah. presses triangle and circle together. And he's bang, shot you first. I'll bet he shoots him back. Yeah, they both get shot. They both get shot right back. And then it's a series of lots of people just escalating, getting shot. So Wesker's been shot and he's like, oh, that's gone a bit sharp. I've got a, <laughs> a bit. <laughs> you, you know, in a space when they're doing the finger guns and it's yeah. just escalating and getting worse and worse and everyone ends up dead. It's like that, but with real guns. Yeah, so they're, they're, they've been shot and Birkin's on the floor going, oh, Bluminell, he's made me right poorly. I need some medicine. <laughs> um, get Yarinette, get us some medicine. And she, some, she, cow poles. Yeah, she gets, she vial. starts to get some of the cow poles out the vials. Um, and then she, but then Annette, she also Annette is goes a major character as well. And Annette is just like faceless wife. Yeah, she, she, but then she goes for the gun as well. Then Wesker shoots her, but um, Sherry's chipped off. Um, just just round the corner, she's fine. But um, Birkin is having a bit of a chuckle because he's got one of those vials up, and he's like, "Ah, tricked you, Wesker! I've injected myself with this stuff." Um, this is all while uh, Claire and Leon are watching that video of the Ashford twins dissecting oh, yeah. that <laughs> dragonfly. They're loving that. They're like, "This is great." 
It's like, oh, so they're going to kiss. <laughs> they're watching it. Because <laughs> they do. So, they stare at each yeah. other for a while. And then Wesker, it looks like he may or may not shoot Sherry when she comes around the corner. But then he gets shot by Jill. He gets shot by Jill. And that has got absolutely... I mean, why would she shoot him? Like, based on what? Like, if you just walked into that room and you saw a man who, who you've worked with for years with aiming a gun at a kid, you'd be like, stop what you're doing. Maybe. Oh, he's betrayed him though. So, but because he's betrayed that. them, even though really he hasn't, she shoots. She's yeah. just trigger happy, isn't she, Jill? Yeah. In this, yeah, Jill's a bit trigger happy, and Wesker so far, genuinely, has probably been the most likable character in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, at least we kind of understand. I mean, not entirely, but at least he's got some something of a purpose. It might not make sense majorly in terms of the structure of the film, but. But he's all right with it. Actually, he's not too. He's not too annoyed about being shot. He's like, oh, I wasn't gonna shoot. I wouldn't have shot the kid. Honest. He's like, oh, this is a bit of a pickle, isn't it? I've been shot now. Yeah. And, they, and he goes, oh, just oh, there's a there's a train over there. You go in. Like his his last moments are like of peace. He's like, oh, blooming hell, this has turned out. <laughs> this is this train. is right fine. Says, mess, even says to Sherry, even goes, I wouldn't have shot you, know. <laughs> I wouldn't have shot Billy you, kid. Me. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, oh. smiling away. Yeah. yeah, this is a bit of a mistake. Anyway, moment. off I go into death now, I guess. So he dies. Um, um, and they they go to... The... Sherry seems to know the kids because she gives... Oh, it's because he knows the Birkin family because they're mates. So she gives him a big old hug. She's like, that's oh, right, yeah. Uncle Chris. Um, Uncle Chris. Oh, it's just bizarre, isn't it? It's just very strange. So they, 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 right. they head for the train. They're on. They're on the way. Um, Chris is too hench to get through the door, though. Sadly. Yeah. What happens here? Can't remember. Well, they're going through like a patio doors to where the train station is, but Chris is too wide to get through there. So, oh, um, and Birkins come in because he's he's been injected, isn't he? So he becomes a monster man now. Yeah. And he's he, he's still got the same element of those zombies where he's shouting, going. Chris, yeah, Chris Redfield, where are you, mate? That and was then, um, he, he turned into a proper like super villain at this point. And I think yeah. something that makes again, I'm sorry to keep comparing it to games. Something that make, makes Birkin such a formidable foe in the games is the fact that obviously he he, tra- he slowly transforms throughout the game. You see him a few times. He's like in the shadows, killing people and doing things, and and he's sort of stalking Sherry as well. It's all very, very effective. Sort of when there's the reveal of him all, tra- all transformed, you're like, fucking hell. And the next time you see him, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, look at the state of him now. This is all like condensed into like just ejected, transform, 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 big beastie in such a small amount of time that it yeah. just feels like, well. Uh... I'll tell you what, though, like the, the first thing it transforms, yes, he gets a bit, you get some eyes on his shoulder and, and so on. Mostly transforms him into a spiteful little bitch, doesn't it? Yeah. Because what he's doing is he's going around the thing. <laughs> he's going around the thing going, oh, Chris Redfield, uh, you didn't think I was really going to be sponsoring him. Thought you were part of my family. Nah, always thought you were a dickhead, mate. I've been slagging yeah. you off behind your back for years. Well, why um, are you angry at me? You and Wesker have got the beef. Yeah, or you got yeah, the Literally, beef with- I've done nothing to you. And he goes, oh, yeah, but... Um, you're you're a right thicky no brains, aren't you? Your your sister Claire, she was she was the clever one because all of her conspiracy theories were true. Just just give up that little bit of uh, evidence. 
All the conspiracy was... theories you believed in were true. All right, all this stuff about umbrella uh, that the world is run by a satanic pedophile ring. She got it all right. Okay, she was all on board with it. Yeah. So she was she was all over it. Um, you know, thankfully, he, having admitted that, we get another example. And I say it's the last one. It's not. There's at least another one. Um, so Birkin is going to get Chris. He's not going to be able to fight him. But then Claire turns up and is like, ha now you've admitted it. I'm going to get you. And she shoots him up loads with the shotgun and he's down and out. Um, and then he becomes nice again for a minute. He goes, oh, Chris, yeah, finishes off. I'm sorry. Soz about all that. <sighs> Just I get a temper on me and I say things I don't mean. Um, but he's but he's had enough of it. He's like, yeah, fuck his Birkin, and he shoots him. Um, and then they 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 reconcile from the row they had early in the film. But and then basically the gang's all together now. Sherry yeah. is instantly familiar with with uh, with Claire and Leon. Just like, oh. Just a really trusting kid whose parents have both just, just died. She didn't seem that bothered. At one point, she's kind of looking at him almost like doe-eyed, a bit like, there they are. Oh, yeah, my parents <laughs> have just been shot in front of me. Ah, it's all right. Things will be all right. And for some reason, because Jill has now got that handheld map device thing that, that Wesker had, she now knows for some reason that the city's going to be destroyed at 6 a.m. But rather yeah. than have any tension in this moment, like obviously at the end of the games, you have a countdown like... Three minutes until this place will be destroyed. Um, stuff like that. There's nothing. She kind of just goes, Oh, six o'clock. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, but now it's getting late. What's the time? Well, it's any... all right. It's all right. We got till six until until the city explodes. What's the time? It's Three six. Minutes <laughs> um, they kind of run into the train again, very accurately created from the, the train at the end of the game. So all of our characters are there together. And what I love is that they create a sense of tension by just the two of them running into the cockpit. So just um, just Claire and Leon go into the, not the cockpit, that's the trains, the driver's compartment of the train. And they, go, and they go like, oh, how do we, uh, how do we use the train? I was like, oh my God, what, what do we even do with this train? But obviously Leon's read the manuals because after being incompetent for the entire movie, one thing he can do is instantly work a train. He's just like wordless on, on, on. You just levers. go up. You just go up and press circle. Yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to use the train? Yes. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, but unfortunately, as they're escaping, um, one more, one more bit of terror the uh, big final form of Birkin, as you say, Ben, he's kind of gone from stage one to stage 10 in, yes. in one move. Now he's just bloody co- covered in eyes. Covered in eyes. He has eyes everywhere. There's a little a little William Birkin head floating just like somewhere. I don't know where that head was. It kept cutting to the other head. Yeah. And then it would do a I close think it was like of his head. Maybe on the, the chest. chest. On the back. His yeah. breast. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, final battle that you know what lasts twenty seconds maybe is that what we're yeah, saying? They, like Leon... it's grabbed, it's grabbed Jill. She stabbed or grabbed Claire, and she stabs him in in the face. Uh, Chris shoots all of a load of eyes. 
but it's not going to be enough. Well, but yeah, thankfully, the, this bit was kind of like, oh, he's shooting the weak part, part points, and I think you get yeah. that in the in the Resident Evil Two remake and the Resident Evil Three remake, where there's creatures of eyes that you're shooting. Yeah, yeah, shoots him in all the eyes, and then who should turn up with a rocket launcher? Um, but Leon, there was just one. There was just one up front. It's Don't fire a rocket launcher. Says, <laughs> he says he, he shoots a rocket launcher. Uh, right by their faces, yeah. As if, and they're like, and Chris like just kind of turns away, as if like that's all you need to do. Yeah. Um, I feel like it would be keeping in character with Leon if he accidentally killed everyone. <laughs> everyone just exploded. <laughs> what happened? How did everybody die? Somebody shot a rocket launcher indoors in a yeah. train, <laughs> in a single train compartment. Well, yeah. I guess like he's proved he's proved himself to be technology, you know, technologically capable. Now he used his Walkman earlier on. He turned on that train instantly. He probably just, when he put the preferences on his uh, rocket launch, probably just turned splash damage to off. Yeah. Off. And then um, <laughs> he, he, shoot, he shoots and blows up and then literally does little throwaway lines. Like, yeah, found this in first class. Why, would, why, then, would it be in, why would it be on the train? Why? Why not? Well, what they've got to do something to justify how much more first class train tickets cost then. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've taken the, the train, is, right? taken the train to London. It's like... I don't think it's worth that price difference. Uh, I don't think it's worth the price difference that in fact you get just a free hot drink. I think it's going to... I want a rocket launcher. I want a rocket launcher. Where where are you going? Birmingham. And the bazooka. (laughs) Bazooka for when you get off. Right, who wants... um... So then I think uh, all of Raccoon City uh, collapses. What was with the shot of like a cow and then... Oh yeah, and the cow like is in the air for a little the, bit. Yeah, the like, cow gets blasted away, probably ends up in that tornado from Twister. Yeah. But also, it's a completely different angle of Raccoon City. If it showed the same angles earlier, you know, that sort of angle which you could see the police station and everything, that was oh, yeah. kind of quite cool. But maybe if you saw that angle and it exploded in the... De- like, that would make more sense. I was mm. like, what are we looking at? Like, um, just look like a wet random sh- bit of Chicago, like with some of the... Like some of the buildings, it was weird. Was it not, weird. Was, we not, was there not a Spencer Mansion? Yeah, that, the Spencer weird. Mansion well, falls into like a sinkhole, and then the whole scene, city yeah. does as uh, well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then the, the guys walk out the other side of the tunnel, and they jump at high five, and it freeze frames. Yeah. yeah. And then the credits roll. <laughs> Pretty much. And like and it's one get... of the, it's like an action movie thing as well, where Sherry's like, I guess I'm your kid now." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We belong to you now. No, 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 no. <laughs> Leon's no. like, absolutely not. I'm, I'm, I'm incompetent. I'm a drunk. Yeah. I, <laughs> we've I, only, I'm, we've I'm, only, I'm we've, deaf. <laughs> yeah, we've only met this. We've only met this evening. Um, you know, these two have got things to work out. She's been betrayed quite recently, so um, yeah, yeah she's not going to be the same. And then there is a mid-credits scene. Um, where somebody awakens, sits up straight in a body bag. That was initially quite cool because if you remember at the very start of the Resident Evil remake on the GameCube, the very first se- sequence is so- a zombie sitting up on a on a, like a mortuary table. The thing is, it get, was quite a square shot. bag though. I thought it was like, oh shit, they, they put a tofu Easter egg in here. Oh my God, <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine? So Wesker awakens. There's obviously a bit where it, it just goes, he's ripped mine, didn't you know? Oh you yeah, might not know, you might not notice, but he's absolutely. He needs at least one shot of the scene. Yeah, he wakes up. He's blind as a bat. He's like, I can't see anything. He's like, oh, my eyes sting. My eyes really sting. But like, oh, you'll be all right in a minute. And obviously, we're made to believe that sure he was dead, um, but he's been revived. 
using some level of of bioweapon thing, but it in turn has made his eyes proper sting. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, <laughs> luckily a hand, luckily a hand hands him. Hand, that's what hands do. They hand you things. Yeah. And hands him a pair of sunglasses, classic Quicksilver shades. <laughs> got like literally the most standard off the rack pair of sunglasses that someone could buy like from the garage and he puts them on he goes oh that's much better and then the person who gave him the sunglasses again who are you i don't want to know who you are i'm gonna give you my full fucking name all right <laughs> just um, <laughs> just so there can be no mistakes yeah, yeah. ada wong i'm ada so, wong i'm popular character ada wong hey I've got some um, name game for you, if you're ready okay. for some. Oh, always. Okay, start off on the assisted difficulty, which is the uh, <laughs> oh. easy mode. Uh, also, so, aim. Yeah, this one is uh, it's very similar to Resident Evil. Welcome to uh, Raccoon City, uh, except instead of zombies, it's country leaders. Um, President Evil. Welcome, Welcome to, to Raccoon City. Yeah. <laughs> Easy mode. Assisted. Now we're going to get a little bit hard. Now we're going to hardcore. Is that the well, next that's a, that's a lot harder. It's normal, <laughs> surely. <laughs> There's no option for normal, it says here. Hardcore, um, okay. So this is uh, an origin story and explores the secrets of the mysterious Mickey Mansion and the ill-fated Toontown. Oh. Mickey Mansion and Toontown. Welcome to it's from Roger Rabbit, right? Toontown, yeah. is that yeah? I mean, just r- rhymes with uh, Resident Evil, <laughs> no, Raccoon, raccoon sort of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ignore the Resident Evil. Welcome, welcome to Cartoon to- City. There you go, welcome to Cartoon City. <laughs> okay. yeah. Next one, we'll stay on the uh, hardcore difficulty for now. Um, so this one is the same as Resident Evil, but instead of zombies, it's fish. And instead of shotguns, it's, wink, wink, underwater guns. Harpoon City. Harpoon Welcome City. to Harpoon oh. City. Okay. All right. Now yeah, we're going a bit more difficult. We're going to nightmare mode. Oh, shit. So this is uh, very, very similar to Resident Evil again. But this one stars Chevy Chase as the father of a small family unit trying to escape some zombies but getting into all sorts of comedy japes. Resident Evil National Lampoon City. Welcome yeah, Lampoon, Lampoon City. City. Welcome to National Lampoon City. <laughs> right, this one. Now we're going to Inferno mode. Oh, the hardest. There's <laughs> going to be a deep cut of an X-Men character from the 90s, then be careful. It's been with Andy's, Andy's default mode. Uh, so uh, yeah. it's about a little mammal similar yeah. to a ferret but it's very shy. This little <laughs> mammal is attacked by zombies on a particularly cold afternoon. So <laughs> like a ferret. A raccoon? No. Nope. Little mammal similar to a ferret. And a lot of people so, will look at a ferret and say, oh, that's a... But it's not. A ferret. It's a stoat. Mm, oh, a a, a no, polecat. Close, close pole again, cat. but no. No. A mink. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, wait. It's uh, the one that fights a snake. Resident weasel. But it's a shy weasel. Oh. Oh. Shy weasel. 
<laughs> Ever so shy weasel. Well, it's uh, not, I don't know, it's a bit nervous about coming out of its hole, let's say. Oh, a hesitant weasel. Hesitant weasel. Um, and it's a bit he's cold. He's being attacked by zombies on a particularly cold afternoon. This is so hard. So this doesn't hes- even make sense. But, hesitant yeah. <laughs> weasel. Welcome to. So cold afternoon. Freezing, icy, crisp. <laughs> Frost, frosty city. Hesitant weasel. Welcome to. Afternoon Niffy. <laughs> Afternoon Sniffy. <laughs> I like how you thought you thought I would know by raising your eyebrows. Welcome to Oh yeah, got it. Lovely. Well done. Five out of five. Good now we need to uh, rate the film. Uh I think I think you guys might go a little bit lower than me, and I'm going pretty low. <laughs> this is looks like yeah, B minus, it was great. Definitely. Oh, uh, I um I mean, there's some things I like about this film, but not a whole lot. And the, the story really, really puts me off. Um, so I'm just going to go with D plus. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. What about you, Andy? What are you thinking? Again, in the interest of balance, like there are some things that I can absolutely pay out and get on board with. I like what they did with the slow degeneration of the zombies keeping their speech they're not just human until they're monsters there is a middle ground which i liked and yeah that, that, that's that's the main bit i like 1998 pretty well but other than that i feel it was a bit it was just so heavily rushed and a lot of it comes down to because i i will never penalize something for a lack of budget so i'm not going to mark it down on wobbly CGI or anything like that. I, I think it purely comes down to the way the characters were written. I think everyone that was in this movie were, were would have been capable of delivering well on the characters that they had. And if they'd had the same care in the way that those characters are written as they had the thoughts on designing some of the sets, mm. then then we could have had a very different thing with that little bit of restraint as well to just adapt to one thing rather than trying to do everything all in one go um yeah i hate to say it when it achieves if if the main thing it achieves is me looking back more fondly on the original movies it's 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 kind of an iffy thing because it feels like it didn't really have that much of an identity so think i'm gonna go i'll look when we spoke before i said do i my I, I wouldn't do an e but is a d minus harsh enough or e plus e plus e plus e plus e plus that's quite that's yeah. that might be the lowest i think you've ever scored oh, that's the lowest i've ever scored and I, I you know you know me guys i like objectively awful movies but i just think yeah there are some yeah. things I can't excuse in this. Also, it's a I good score. Plus, it's got a plus in it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't want to distract from that. I know that they really, the people that made this liked it, but like, you know. Yeah, I think it just, 
I'm not entirely sure why, but it just seems to fail on almost every level. And that is really, really disappointing because I had high hopes after the trailer. A lot of people were saying that looks awful after the trailer. And I was like, yeah, it kind of does. But you know what? I think what I said before is this was the kind of Resident Evil film on the surface that I felt like I wanted. Um, something that perhaps doesn't take itself too seriously is a lot more loyal to the games. But it kind of forgot to have a compelling story in in any sense you know i I can forgive some bad writing i can forgive some bad performances well i don't think any performances were they performed just fine yeah i can forgive those sort of things usually but the fact was that the story that was tying it all together was so like it, it felt incredibly rushed and it felt like it did bite off more than it could chew um the scope of it was kind of huge but very like um, vague as well. Like it was almost like, well, yeah, there, there's a few things from the Resident Evil games, but in terms of like really respecting the lore and the mythology of the games, I felt like I didn't respect it. I don't, almost don't feel like it understands it either. Yeah. Um, which obviously from a, from a directorial point of view, we, I was made to think that yes, he does understand the source material, but like there's a difference between like understanding it and kind of like being familiar with it. For essentially so it feels like a lot of stuff was thrown into this big old boiling pot of of stuff and what came out was just a kind of, yeah a bit of a failure where some characters were like completely left at the wayside other characters were kind of completely misunderstood or just like silly it needed to be either a schlocky horror action b movie or something else entirely. Um, and I just feel like it didn't, in terms of identity and tone, it didn't know where to fall, where it fell. And it just was a mess, essentially. Um, I don't know if I go for an E+, because, right, I respect the fact that this film has been made and the way it's been made. I feel like we're lucky. I'm lucky as a Resident Evil fan to get to see a film like this where bits from the games are faithfully recreated. Mm-hmm. I mean... To a point, I enjoyed that. You know, there were moments where I was kind of like, no, 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 that's pretty cool. But in terms of like a cinema going experience or something to genuinely reboot a franchise that I think has got so much life in it, so much life in it. The fact that now could be like, we might not get another Resident Evil movie again. We might not get a Resident Evil movie again for like years and years. Now we're getting a TV show. But I mean, I suppose I should be grateful because Resident Evil does get a new property in some form of media yeah. pretty much like every year so of yeah. course yeah but disappointing i think that was mm. the way i felt after this just completely <laughs> disappointing it left me cold and so i what are you no saying ben intentions to see it again i don't think so i'll go for a d minus i think yeah you see, I, may, I feel harsh now with going with an E plus. And as you were saying, oh, I'm not going to... Thought, but then I thought, but then I thought, no, actually, because I think about it, I love this franchise and I love these movies. And like you, Ben, I think it's cool that someone took a, took a shot at it. But then I tried to think, like, how hard I would strike out trying to defend this film to someone who was not a fan of the games. Like, if I had taken my wife to this movie and said, oh, come and look, come and watch this, like you know, just this action horror movie with me. Like, I would get shit for choosing that movie for months. It'd be like, oh, remember that time that you chose the movie and we went and 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 saw and saw that thing that that I think would yeah. be 
absolutely impenetrable to someone who didn't have a fondness of the games. Wow. Yeah, definitely. There we go. Cool. All right. So that's Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, you can become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to our current patrons, John Crennan, Ben Scaife, Stephen Christopher, Toby Miller, Laura Kendrick, Scott Rigby, and Bazuzu. Thanks to Kovac Kalman for our theme music. Thanks to ACAF for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed, please consider rating and reviewing and head over to Facebook, uh, the Facebook group, Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. Next week, I don't know what we do. What are we do next week? The faculty, I believe. Okay. The faculty. The faculty. Nice right. palate cleanser. Yeah. Some more 1998 music, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Looking forward to that. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for best listening. But thanks to my co host for being right, horror dudes. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Andy. Thanks, guys. See you next time, everyone. Right. See you later. Bye-bye now. Bye. 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 Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.